You have lived and breathed Castor Troy for years. You think that I want to do this? When he took on the face of his son's killer. That bomb is out there. We're almost out of time. The killer took his. You get licking. Now, bad never had it so good. You're Sean Archer. I guess I'm Castor Troy. John Travolta, Nicolas Cage, face off. Uh, what a predicament. Rated R. Starts Friday, June 27th, everywhere. David, you can't say that on air. Yes, I can. <laughs> you cannot say that. That's I can do whatever I want. You better not be bleeping all the curses. There's seven words what we cannot say on the show. And it's not the George that's, Carlin and words. And that's one of them? Yeah. So, guys, recently I was watching a movie that brought back a lot of memories, but mostly memories of how you two guys met and your backstory, which, you know, so often we talk about how we all kind of came together. This is just another side of it. Um, David, I remember when you were back uh, in your FBI days... <laughs> hunting down mm-hmm. criminal mastermind Brent all over the world with shootouts and, and, you know, action boat chases and, 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 well, and that's where I came in. I was a local dove collector who just happened to get in the way <laughs> dove collector. every time you guys would fight in a church. So <laughs> that's correct. Just coming in like all sloppy, like a, with doing Pratt falls and your, your birds go everywhere. Like, oh, no, 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 no. The no, oh, Gus, come back. <laughs> but so there's only one movie that we could talk about in our, our summer of action here on Reconsinimation, and that is Face Off. Face Off. Face Off. I want to take his face off. <laughs> yeah. Welcome oh. back to another, a brand new episode of Reconsinimation. I'm John Diner. I'm David Munchak. I'm Brent Hutchins. And this is the podcast where we take a look back at some of our favorite films from the 70s, 80s, and 90s. <laughs> and it's a hot one today. Oh, yeah. Everyone's <laughs> we're di- favorite. We're dialing way back to the, the hot 90s, 1997, with John Woo's Face Off. Who's excited oh. about it? Ooh, I can't uh, wait to talk about it. I'm excited to talk about it. Let's yeah. talk about it. Uh, here we go. We're, we've uh, we've covered other movies in 97, uh, Johnny. Uh, we did... Uh, Starship Troopers. Yes. Yeah. Back in year one, we did year Starship one? Troopers. I feel like that's our only 97 movie, but I don't I, know if that's true. I think so. Too. No, Gross Point Blank. Uh, oh, okay. Also in year one. So I, yes. off the top of my head, I think that's it. We, uh, back in. We'll, we'll, we'll have to talk about 97 a little later, but, uh, my, one of my, the highlights of, of doing this podcast with you was like the first 30 minutes of our Starship Troopers episode, uh, because we got into ni- 1997 specifically, and uh, uh, you know, face off, face off got mentioned. <laughs> oh, yeah, is that, when the seed, is that when the seed was planted to do face off? Oh, yeah, I <laughs> absolutely Three years ago, awesome. <laughs> well, hey, and the, better late be, than never. I, I have a pitch for you guys later on in the show, so Ooh. for something we can do, not, not something we'll record to. Uh, for this but maybe oh. something we can do later oh i'm yeah, excited to it. hear it i love it anyway. all right um well s- screw it let's talk about the summer of 97 right now i that's one of my favorite summers in my personal life uh one of the best summers of my life uh graduated high school and had you know that that summer between high school and college 
right before Brent and I met. Uh, just That's had right. a blast that whole entire summer, just hanging out, seeing movies, working at Suncoast. I had a convertible, you know, it was all, uh, every, the world was mine at the time. <laughs> Everything but, was uh, possible. Yeah. But a uh, lot of big, big movies coming out that summer. There was, we had what, we had Face Off, like we're talking about today, Men in Black, mm-hmm. right? We had yep. uh, Lost World. Yep. Uh, Romy and Michelle came out. I think that was more in like the May area, but. Hmm. Um, Volcano? Oh, Copland, we also talked about. Copland oh, is a 97 movie. So, yeah. This is maybe our fourth. Dante's Peak? Dante's Peak, Volcano, right? Didn't those come right. out at the same time? think so uh therefore yeah so some some huge movies that summer i'm sure there's there's a a bunch that i'm forgetting event horizon event horizon yeah air force one air force one air force two Uh, they didn't make that one i don't remember that one (laughs) that was straight to video maybe it's so funny you're naming like all these movies from the summer of 97 and i'm trying to remember back because that's a long time ago now I couldn't tell you if Volcano or Dante Speaker in the summer, but they were 97 yeah. movies. Yeah. Right on. I don't think I saw a lot of these movies in the theater because I that was I worked at a summer camp that summer and I was like not anywhere near theater. I'm like, wait, when did I see that? All right, never. Yeah. <laughs> well, that, I mean, that, I've seen all those that you mentioned, but just not I don't remember seeing them in the movies. That's, that's crazy. I feel like I went uh, to fewer movies like right at the end of like high school and going into college. I mean, you guys were you guys went to movie college, but like, you know, that summer in between, I don't know. Is there, is there time to go to the theater? Is it just there's just too much fun to have out there? It's too much like senior partying, right? It's like, yeah, we got to get all we got to get all the summer like get togethers out of the way because we're going we're going away, gang. Yeah. Yeah, there was I, I did a fair amount of partying that summer, but I the reason I saw so many movies in the theater is because at when mm. I worked at Suncoast, right next door was the oh, movie yeah. theater at the Jefferson Valley Mall. So when we would close the store, we were friends with everybody at the theater. We would just go next door and you know, at whatever, 10, 10 30 at night, we would just watch they would play, it would be like a private screening. So we would just watch whatever you know, whatever That'll movies work. they had that we want to see. Like, oh, we want to see Men in Black when we're done at work. Sure, we'll just watch it ourselves. So right. It was that's a great that's a great hookup. It was a great we we had certain other arrangements. I'll I'll just say <laughs> there was some sharing going on there, but it was hey. it was a blast. Uh so yeah, Spawn was another one I remember seeing, like a like a midnight show private showing of Spawn. Uh nice. yeah, wow. Fifth yeah. element. Fifth Element, yeah, yeah, that one I did not see in the theater. I I, don't, I didn't see that till per, probably the next year for some reason. See, I did see some that reason. one in the theater for sure. There you but, go. Yeah, I remember that one. Contact. Ooh, I saw that one too. Of that, of of the very few movies that I saw that summer, Contact, I remember because I saw it a couple different times. I really really enjoyed that movie when it first uh, came out. Right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, probably they, still do. I don't know. Yeah. I just haven't seen it in a while. Pretty good movie. But, you know, at that point, we, and we talked about this way back in our Independence Day episode, that summer of 96 being like the first real summer that was like blockbuster after blockbuster happening. And, you know, it, it became a thing to make those, you know, starting with Memorial Day and then the 4th of July that like, you know, you'd have these big action blockbusters coming out specifically in the summer. 
occasionally you'd have, you know, something come out in Christmas and, and all that. But, uh, you know, that became much more of a regular thing for years and years and years, really still to this day, I think the last couple of years, especially with the, the COVID year, you know, the schedules have been thrown off, but that was right. the thing forever. And, and face off is one of those, one of the biggest ones of the summer of 97. Um, when, uh, so when, all right, if you didn't see it in the theater, Brent, let's start with you. When was the first time you saw face off? I have to, I have to imagine it's when we, it was, it came out on video when we were in college, it would have, it would have probably been coming out on video around, um, I don't know. Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving. Fall, yeah. yeah. Fall season. Right. And yep. so that's probably when I, when I saw it, unless I'm completely blanking on seeing it in the theater, but I don't think I did. I think, I think I, because yeah, it would have had to have been at, at school. Cause I mean, John Woo's other movie right before this was broken arrow. Right. Mm -hmm. And I, I had seen that uh, when I was working at video impact and I was like, not really a big fan. And I don't think it was until college and probably mike patterson cowboy mike again mm. this guy was great at introducing like things that i had not come across in my cinematic journey at at this time and he introduced me to a lot of the hong kong cinema stuff and a lot of that was john was earlier not i mean not much earlier but like earlier movies which i'm mm -hmm. sure we'll talk about in a little bit so yeah face off would have been kind of the that would have had to have been in early early school days with you my friend yeah oh yeah i i will get there i remember it well yeah uh, david what about you? you you catch this in the theaters i had to i must have i don't i don't yeah no for sure i don't know i don't have a i don't have a distinct memory of it but i think i would have been all on board for this one um, i would think so too i'm gonna go ahead and say yes you did see it in the theater yeah. it's it's so you so <laughs> if i if i saw the rock the year before and then, then I saw the trailer for this thing. I'm like, hell yeah. <laughs> yeah. Which, and I think the trailer was like cut specifically with a narration that isn't in the movie. Like it, 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 tell, it, it sets up the story for the characters because the movie kind of lacks a, a distinct way to, to, to give like a clean way to give you like the backstory. Um, like details in that like narration, uh, make, make things a little more clear that actually like, about like, like who Castor Troy is? Oh yeah, in relation to Sean Archer, like it, it's almost it, it's almost like the trailer is almost a teaser because it's just yeah. you know it's circling it's this it's just circling around. I think it starts with Travolta and it circles around him, and when it comes back around, he's oh right, he's, he's Nicholas talking. Cage, and he's then there's just so much. It's and I want to say, you know, I'll, I'm sure I'm going to put it at the top of this show, but. Uh, I want to say it's Travolta sort of doing that narration and, and you're right, like really just laying the story out and then it cuts to some action and then that's for the rest of the trailer. But yeah, so I, I think I, I can't tell you, but I've seen it in the theater. I definitely watched this a few times with my college friends. I think that we were definitely into some of the, the 90s action. Um, so that was, this was a great rent. This was not a rental. This was something that somebody else owned and we would pop on. So, uh, you know, and then I don't, th I honestly don't think I've seen it 10 years easily 10, yeah, it's been a while, 10 yeah. or maybe 15 years. I don't know. Um, so, you know, to, to revisit it today, uh, 
uh, was an, was interesting. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's it's an interesting uh, <laughs> little trip down a memory lane of of a style of filmmaking that it's a relic, uh, isn't it? Yeah, it's yeah, pretty, it's pretty, it's pretty far out. Yeah, nineties action is very nineties. Well, I mean, it's it's something different, you know. It's it's I've shown a few nineties movies to my kids, and uh, they have a big problem with the 90s they're like we we feel so sorry for you that you had to live in that decade <laughs> they don't they're not wrong for the most part did no you, did, a... did they see this i hope not I'm oh they sure, sure they... did oh they must have fucking sure, they had a great time with it. It, actually. <laughs> yeah there were parts to like oh yeah oh, i don't know there it's yeah let's well, well knowing well, knowing knowing their sensibilities there's things that kick off really early that they'd be like fuck this movie yeah, <laughs> yeah. there was definitely some walking out and then kind of checking back yeah, in later yeah but, um it's just pretend- real. i think the thing that i find most interesting to me and and remembering it when it came out to now is just how well or how poorly things work now that worked well then like it's just like yeah i i think the evolution of of the action film has uh definitely leapfrogged uh from from those days but it's just really i remember really liking it and me too yeah Yeah. i mean it's a whole different perspective that we're looking at now so you know, we, we're going we're gonna to dive into this, uh, talking about what it was like watching a movie like this in 1997 and then watching it now. Um, yeah. Lots, yeah. lots, a lot of things have changed. But uh, mm-hmm. I remember seeing this, definitely saw it in the theater, had a, was very, yeah, this was probably the movie I was most excited about at the time. Yeah. Uh, coming off of, you know, at at the time, not necessarily now, but at the time, huge Travolta fan, huge Nicolas Cage fan. I mean, Travolta is still riding this Pulp Fiction wave. Nicolas Cage is riding the, the rock wave and Con Air. And uh, I was I was pumped. I didn't know when this came out. I knew nothing about John Woo other than that he directed Hard Target and Broken Arrow. Um, did not know any about anything about his past, but was real excited. Had a great time seeing it. Loved it. Uh, I bought this on Laserdisc the minute it came out and then transferred it to what I would do is I would copy my Laserdisc to videotape. So I'd get the Laserdisc quality and I could bring the tape with me back to school, back to Santa Fe. So we would, we would all gather around and watch the, the Laserdisc on video. So that that would work. You'd actually get a better quality, like on your own videotape. Yeah, it would. I mean, of course, it's not like as good as the straight laser disc, but it was better than the VHS. So interesting, I guess, because certain. Yeah, I guess because of color and detail, Mm -hmm. things would be just better. Yeah. Rather than that VHS resolution. Interesting. Yes. So we, I, Brent, I definitely remember gathering around with Cowboy Mike for sure. And then come on, guys. Yeah. Let's Check it out. It. Let's watch it. Ah. I got face off. <laughs> you all you all crowd around those little tiny dorm rooms. Yeah. And uh, uh watch another 13 inch TV with a VCR built in. That's right. Exactly. <laughs> that's exactly right. That was our dorm room. And uh-huh. uh, you know, Jared, our friends Jared and Jeremiah, who uh 
were huge. Jeremiah especially was a huge face-off fan. Like he would Ooh, yeah. quote this endlessly and watch it like <laughs> did every they have day. The poster on their door. They had the poster making... in their room. For... Yes, yep. they did. Yeah, I definitely knew somebody with the poster. A couple, yeah. a couple people with the poster. It's a great poster. Great poster. You get the whole movie right in the, right in the poster. The face it's right is, there. It's the all there. Off. And you've seen so many posters like that where it's just the the two faces. You know, you see half of each face, but yeah, it made sense for the plot of this movie in particular yeah uh so yeah i don't know all right let's talk about 90s action so boy that was a different time like we were just talking about so you know you had your 80s action your stallone your schwarzenegger movies bruce willis you, you know and in a way a weird way though i feel like the 80s action movies hold up better than 90s action movies did because it's just something so kind of silly and ridiculous and it's like the first time we're really uh just going sort of balls out (laughs) action uh, adventure with rambo and you know everything with schwarzenegger and i know those guys had so much personality and and sort of their own charm (laughs) if you will well, there's kind of a grit to the 80s movies, right? That in the 90s was lost and it was everything was more kind of polished and choreographed and it was like cinematic ballet mm-hmm. of of action versus versus you know kind of just explosions and and you know fighting and yeah. war and you know I, I, it's just a little bit different. Well, and, and I always point when I think about 90s action, I really do point back to the summer of 96 when we had and we've talked about this on our Twister episode too. you had Twister, Mission Impossible, Independence Day, The Rock, all kind of bang, 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 one right after another. And you yeah. look at all those movies, you know, Michael Bay coming in in 95 with Bad Boys and then follows it up with The Rock. And then, um, you know, you've got these very over the top action sequences um, character development is also either sort of over the it's this mix of like good acting and then ridiculously over the top acting in in like, all of i it. think that's i think that's the other thing like i mean and maybe we'll get into it but the performances by travolta and cage in this are i think both kind of brilliant and cringeworthy all at the same time like it's really it's a really like weird combination of things that are happening uh with their performances in this in this particular movie yeah yeah and you really have to we're going to talk about there where this is hitting in their careers and how they're each on this sort of turning point in the, in their careers um you know looking at it from the 97 perspective it was just so different than wh- where we are now so they're you know, you've got these really elaborate and over-the-top films all the way through 99. And when the Matrix, com- Matrix comes out, it sort of changes again. So you've got this, this period of time of really, I think, the second half of the 90s that has this these kind of movies like Con Air and Armageddon, you know, uh, right. yeah, everything with Will Smith. Well, right. I mean, a lot of the, a lot of the John Woo, Bruckheimer, mm-hmm. Michael Bay, like you mentioned, like those sweeping, uh, you know, filters and I mean, just all that kind of stuff happening in these movies. 
I, and you mentioned the matrix, but I also think you got to mention just as far as like the evolution of action movies, like you got to mention saving private Ryan and kind of that frenetic sure. yeah. uh, approach to showing, showing action and stuff like that, because I feel like there was a big push in that direction, you know, post nineties where a lot of the action movies kind of, you know, started to lean more in that direction. Yeah. I think private Ryan had a huge influence. I mean, and of course you see it much more expanded in band of brothers of that gritty realism. So you sort of after 98, 99, you get this split of this gritty realism, but then you've got your matrix kind of almost like dancing sort of choreography mixed in with action and, and some of that yeah. does go back to John Woo, which we'll, we'll come around to in a second. But, um, you know, you get more of the wire work that the Matrix kind of perfected and yeah, really bullet, started. What is it? Uh, bullet time and all that. Mm -hmm. I mean, that was... Bullet time was it, the innovation that changed the innovation, everything. Absolutely. You saw all the imitators and all that. And then they, I mean, and you still see things like that today, but not, not quite in your face. Like yeah. slow motion uh, well, even like that, that now, though, seems like when, you know, like if if that were used now, it would seem very dated, you know, like it, it's. Oh, yeah. Like it would be very difficult to kind of pull that off, you know, I think in the same way that it was done, like during the Matrix, it was kind of a little mind blowing. And you're like, whoa, I've never seen that before. That's what is that? Yeah, that was so brilliant. But that, that <laughs> everything about that. Yeah. But like, isn't it? Yeah, isn't it like there is this like in between world of like that eighties action where it's like, you could, you, you get enough guys, you get enough guns, you get enough like explosions and smoke and you can, and you can choreograph like a really good intense, like battle and fight and whatever. Um, but you, it wouldn't be like a ton of hand to hand, right? Like you wouldn't see like an awesome fight sequence between necessarily, de you know, depending on the movie or whatever, yeah. but you'd have that. You'd, you'd have the thrills, you'd have car chases, all that. And then it seemed like, like this, things getting a little more more stylized you you had you had better cameras and and you had you things could look cleaner and you could have and budgets were going up through the roof mm -hmm. um like I, f I feel like terminator 2 like just once terminator 2 happened it was like okay let's let's just keep let's just keep pumping that money in into action and like right. find some shit that works i, I don't know I'm, I'm not it's not the only thing but i think that i mean i 1991 kind of change the trajectory like how we how you can do action make it make it thrilling and, and i mean well, that that movie benefited from having a great script and great characters well, yeah, and, i mean terminator terminator 2 is one of those like action movies that was you know like a household event movie for for every almost every age even though it was yeah. you know i'm pretty sure r but it was like you know i remember seeing that you know at the theater yeah. Before I was 17, you know what I mean? And it's like, all right, like, I feel like a bunch of people around that age group would have. And so uh, certainly, like, if you're going to get an action movie that's going to bring everybody and the grandparents in uh, to see, you know, like, yeah, it's going to pump a lot of interest into into wanting to kind of chase that carrot. Yeah. And so, like, yeah, it's, for me, it's interesting, like, like that, that, you know, post 95, like post speed kind of movie, like speed was a gr another one that's like raised the bar, I think for like what nineties action. It, 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 and this is what like face off reminded me of. It's like it, there's that thing where like 
really the the best part if you're there only for the action the best part of the movie is like the last 20 30 minutes and that's it like the rest of the set pieces are okay but i i always remembered it was always just the climax action that was really good and like the rest were serviceable and like that's this that seemed to be the reminder when i watched face off like uh, it, it's because that's that's what stayed with me i think is like the the end of the movie or you know mm-hmm. the from that church sequence to the end like yeah. that's that's what i loved and then i'm like watching the rest of the sequences and i'm like it's eh, all right like yeah yeah they do i think that's definitely cool where stuff. you get the best of like what john woo does is in that is in that section right like, oh yeah that's that's where you see the gun kata like mm-hmm. all that kind of like that sort of yeah. choreography like that's yeah. certainly where his rise to to recognition and from the hong kong cinema world like was also based around action set pieces like that and so i feel uh, like he i feel like the what what this movie kind of lacks which which you'd see later from going into the matrix and stuff is like more mar- like actual martial arts and fights and like the intensity of that kind of thing because like it feels like it belongs in this movie like yeah and but you know you you have these guys pointing guns at each other and twirling around and like dot, trying to dodge bullets in a sense, but like they're just always in motion and because they they're they're just they're not even under they're not taking a lot of cover at times and you know it's not that interesting to just have two guys shoot at each other so you got them that's that was the visual flair of like them twirling around yeah <laughs> it was right. cool like well it's like you've got your your sort of hong kong style like without the hong kongness of it yeah <laughs> yeah with nick so, cage and 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 johnny, johnny t yeah my god uh all right well let's talk about you know the backstory here and and let's talk about john woo and and the style and sort of how we we got to this point and you know, we, we're, I was thinking about how, you know, a lot of things in film history, sort of one thing feeds another. And, you know, talking specifically about action that as you, you know, morph into the 80s, it's like you get these high octane action movies like Top Gun that sort of change everything. And then and followed, you know, a few years later, you've got Terminator 2, like you said, that's so innovative and brings a whole new angle to to the action film and ups ups the game there and then you've got yeah you've made great examples already speed that it's really you're really leaning on these specific gags and leaning really far away from character development and performance that it's just about this is about a bus going real fast and guys shooting at each other like that's what we're doing so right um and occasionally you've of course you've got your diehards and predators and things that are a little bit more layered and and have more to it and then ones that that don't um john woo is coming in here what's that predator's so layered (laughs) well we talked about it on our show that the predator works you know the the whole uh, everything works perfectly in that movie maybe of course it's not the most layered like plot or anything but it doesn't need to be it doesn't overdo it it doesn't try to shove too much in there you could exactly easily go way over the top which they did with every other predator movie after that but the first one it's like keep it simple stupid you know yeah well that's and like yeah i think we yeah when we talked about it it's like well why can't they just make it make a good predator movie? i was like well they already did (laughs) like right Mm -hmm. how are you gonna do it again other than just making the same movie you know and and 
I think in a sequel, you do want to up the stakes, right? So it's, and then it, and inevitably it turns into a failure because it's like, well, it's not really Predator, right? Like it's not, right? you know? Well, so, it becomes, yeah. And what we have here is, is it becomes so unbelievable and over the top and sort of ridiculous that it's, it's now to a silly point. Of course, in 97, we didn't think that. Uh, but now that we have the perspective of, you know, the, the benefit of time, looking yeah. back at it, we can see the whole picture of like, oh yeah, this totally, like this does not fit like the other ones do. And, and we'll yeah. talk about where Face Off kind of lands in, in the the overall history of action movies, how, how it ranks. But um, let, let's talk about Hong Kong cinema for, for a minute. And David, I know you're an expert on this, so why don't you take it away? Well, Hong Kong. <laughs> <laughs> Hong Kong is a place that... Uh, <laughs> well, but I think it's it's... Uh, yeah, no, I don't know anything. So yeah, tell me everything. <laughs> I'll, t- I'll take it back. <laughs> take it away, <laughs> I was going to give it um, a shot, but I got nothing. So, you know, talking about one thing feeding another, uh, you know, the East, Eastern and Western cinema have always kind of like bounced back and forth, you know, certain, certain film elements back and forth to each other. You know, you know, Kurosawa was very, Akira Kurosawa was very influenced by Preston Sturgis and John, uh, John Ford uh, so you see those his some of their uh, their film elements in you know Seven Samurai and Hidden Fortress and and uh, even Sergio Leone with uh, Yojimbo. So you know Kurosawa then turned it back around. That Kurosawa makes Yojimbo. Sergio Leone redoes Yojimbo as for a few dollars. Oh wait, a uh, fistful of dollars, uh, not for a few dollars more. Uh, and then does his whole genre, and it's sort of like then you know, the 70s sort of uh, European, you know, action and kind of crime dramas start feeding into the 80s with uh, with Ringo Lamb and City on Fire, which then turns around and influences Quentin Tarantino for Reservoir Dogs. So it's sort of like, you know, going this back and forth that, you know, keeping trying to up the stakes a little bit and uh, influencing each other. So John Woo uh, comes in in the late 60s, starts uh, getting involved in film. He's a script supervisor and then an assistant director working for the Shaw Brothers, who were Hong Kong's biggest film producers. Uh, Their studio was around, I think it was 1925 to like fairly recently, I think about 10 years ago uh, is when they shut down. But uh, they were some of the biggest producers of Hong Kong cinema in, in its film history. Uh, and John Woo's coming up working for those guys. So he eventually uh, starts directing in, I want, I believe it was 1974 is like his first big movie. It's called Young Dragons. Uh, and that also has a young Jackie Chan doing the choreography. And, and it's, you know, Woo's got this, like, this is what I want to do. So you've got your action, but he, the movie's a hit, but then he sort of, starts doing what the Shaw brothers are really kind of how they're trying to position him. So he does some comedies, some other, you know, dramatic movies throughout the seventies and really most of them are not hits and he's getting very frustrated going into the early and mid eighties that he's been directing for 10, you know, over 10 years and doesn't really have much to show for it. Isn't feeling creatively fulfilled uh, and in comes another producer named Choi Hark, who's one of an, another very famous Hong Kong uh, producer and, and very influential filmmaker. 
uh, who brings uh, a, a script with him called A Better Tomorrow for for John Woo. Specifically, like, this is the kind of movie I think you should be making. And Woo sees it right away like, yes, this is... <laughs> I like I want to do action. I have my like my way of doing it, my vision of how uh, what it should look like, what it should feel like. And that created a whole wave of of the Hong Kong action cinema of really the late 80s and early 90s. And John Woo is uh, amongst many other people, but he's the leader of the pack for sure. Mm. So you've got. um what do you got? A, a better tomorrow. You've got uh, hard boiled, the killer, once a thief. I think better tomorrow too. Bullet in the head. Like those are all, not necessarily all hits, but all very influential films, especially on Western cinema. So, you know that style of action is so new and fresh and different. And I just watched. You know, we watched Face Off. Obviously, rewatched it for this show. Then I rewatched clips from hard-boiled and it's amazing i mean it's it's violence and um action and gunplay as art it, it's such a huge difference and just really in a matter of years of of how it and and how different face-off is from those movies but mm-hmm. <laughs> um have you guys brent i know you've got a background with with some of these films that we watch with cowboy mike Wh- which ones have you seen uh Man, I think I've seen all the ones you just mentioned there, but I remember, I mean, we did a whole, I feel like a lesson on Troy Hark and some of the movies that he was involved in, uh, you know, so, I mean, there's, there's more than I can probably recount, but, but uh, from the John Woo movies, uh, Better Tomorrow, I didn't see the sequel, but I saw The Killer, Bullet in the Head, uh, Hard Boiled. Uh, for sure. I mean, Hard Boiled probably, that was like Cowboy Mike's favorite movie. Like, mm-hmm. If it wasn't, if he was either watching zombie movies or, or he was watching Hard Boiled. And so I probably saw that one the most out of all of those. Um, I think Bullet in the Head was kind of one of those ones that we sort of found in digging a little deeper. Uh, it wasn't one that was like very widely known. I think the uh, the killer um, I'm trying to remember. Well, no, yeah, I saw I saw the killer with Mike as well. Yeah, those are the two. Hard boiled and the killer were, I think, the most easily accessible ones yeah. for us. You know, this is back in the VHS days, so right. uh, it was not always easy to find. Uh, you know, foreign films and and some things from Hong Kong cinema, but. Um, those are the two. Yeah. And Cowboy Mike definitely showed me hard boiled and it blew me away. I mean, just knocked me right out of the theater. <laughs> right. Right. Um, but it also, it also interest, introduced us to like, uh, you know, like the actor Chow Yun Fat and all that. And like yes. then going kind of down the rabbit hole with the stuff that he had done. And, you know, I mean, he's obviously shown up in a bunch of stuff uh for a while i mean one of the more popular ones that's probably in the uh recognized in the western culture is crouching tiger hidden dragon like mm-hmm. but like lunch a bunch of bunch of movies that he was in as well so yeah and there was they had a real partnership that you know chow yun fat is the lead in in yeah. many of those movies not he's all john, of them he's he's like john was robert de niro is to scorsese you know yeah like or or like arnold is to james cameron you know sure. um 
So, and, and what a great partnership that they have. I mean, those are amazing films, David, you, you, we're going to prescribe you a whole, a whole diet yeah. of, uh, John Woo's Hong Kong films. Cause yeah. it, it's really a must see. You, you, in based on what you know of me, you probably think I'd be super into him. So I'm in. Yeah. Right. I, I think you're going to be blown away by him. Yeah. It's, it's really, yeah, they're pretty, they're stuff. pretty fantastic. I mean, I haven't seen him probably. John, you said you watched some clips of hard boiled recently. So I'm assuming they hold up pretty, pretty, pretty well. More so than more so than Face Off probably did, but but uh, yeah, I mean they're I just seen them in a while, but they they were excellent. It's it's sort of the, the difference between those films and Face Off is you can tell they're working with a lot less money, you know they have much a much lower budget, and it is, I mean the action is so intense and constant. I mean in in Hard Boiled, yeah. there's a shoot out through a hospital and i think it's almost three minutes long and it's one shot and it's yeah. explosions and people flying everywhere and they're just like going through these hallways and it's just like it's really it's a it's a must see but there's so much of Wu's style that really comes out in those movies that you know i don't know it like sort of translated to his american films but they're really at their um at their best in his Hong Kong, his Hong Kong films, you know, these elaborate action sequences, he's got this like dynamic camera movement, you know, the way he uses the camera to like circle around. And it's not, it's not like obvious, you know, wh where the camera is that, that it would be in a lot of American films that like, you're kind of waiting for this dolly move. It just feels very natural. Um, you know, th this, emotional drama with the characters it, a lot of it involves cops and the relationship between cops and criminals undercover cops who have sort of this tortured soul of you know having to do these really violent things while they're undercover but torn apart because of it and um you know even a movie like infernal affairs which is what the departed was based on is a really excellent hong kong film and uh, it's not John Woo, but very similar in in tone, um, you know, but then you get your very specific things that are John Woo staples, you know, your two handed gunplay, your slow motion, your doves, <laughs> you know, doves that are like hinting that actions like around the corner, um, you know, and you get the Mexican standoff in very tight quarters. Uh, those are constants that that he uses all the time. Tarantino would take those later on. Wu would continue using a lot of those and definitely see it in Broken Arrow, Face Off, Mission Impossible 2. Not sure about Wind Talkers. Don't know if it hard, made it hard in Hard Target. There. Don't forget Hard, hard Target. Hard Target, yep. Um, you know, you got themes about honor and loyalty, um, sometimes family uh, that are just... You know, it's it's a lot of the same things in each of these films, but there's a different twist to each of them that makes them stand out and does make them feel different from another. Even though they have very similar plots and ideas, uh, they all work, you know, looking back at them, they work great. So, uh, but, you know, once he has success from uh, really hard-boiled is a big one. The Killer is another is uh, is another big one, financially speaking, that those are the bigger hits of the two, of, of all that work. Better Tomorrow, uh, one and two, and Once a Thief were not as financially successful for him. But of course, the American 
uh, studio system, whenever they see somebody who's got something, they're going to try to latch onto them. So uh, Universal Studios makes a deal with John Woo to lure him to America and and they give him Hard Target and Jean-Claude Van Damme. Now, who's a Hard Target fan? Dude, Hard Target, I think, secretly is probably his best American movie. <laughs> <laughs> I hear Ooh. there's a director's cut that's supposed to be, like, fantastic. Yeah, it's... I mean, I was... I was a huge John claude Van Damme fan, but, like, even going back... And this is more kind of towards the end of his run as a action superhero i mean at, for whatever extent that that was but but uh i actually think hard target is pretty legit i haven't seen yeah, hard targets in since since back then so i don't really remember but i remember really loving it <laughs> yeah yeah it's fun i mean it's not i don't know i i don't know if it's I have a hard time with Van Damme movies. You know, I love Bloodsport. I love uh, Kickboxer. Hard Cyborg. Targets. Cyborg. Lionheart. Yeah. <laughs> Lionheart. 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 <laughs> I've, I've gone back and rewatched that one. It's pretty. It's What's pretty... the one with uh, Dennis Rodman? Is it like double team? Double, or... double team or double, double trouble? Oh. Something like that. Yeah. yeah. Right. Uh, but uh, Hard Target's a lot of fun, um, but you know I don't think it was fun for John Woo. He struggled with that one. That you know, he, well, that was his he, first one, right? That was the first one out of the gates. He probably had very little creative, like kind of control over things. Jean Claude Van Damme probably had more creative control over things than than John Woo did at the time. And mm -hmm. you know, I'm sure it was it wasn't. I'm sure it wasn't easy. Yeah. Yeah. I think between the language barrier, dealing with a star at the height of his power and prime with Van Damme and dealing with a studio, a very different kind of studio system uh, with with Universal that uh, it wasn't, you know, he, he struggled really get, getting his voice out there. <clears throat> and uh, and I, I can't remember how successful that movie was. Do you? I mean, again, I think at that time, like even though Van Damme was still a really popular action star, like I think he had kind of already hit his plateau and was on the decline. Like, I don't think it was a huge box office success in any way. You know, I think I'd have to verify this, but I, I don't know. Um, it may have been his last like kind of big kind of studio movie Mm -hmm. even you know so yeah. um yeah it's either I, that I or he'd done he'd done others like quest and things like like afterwards but i don't i don't know that they were ever like as as popular well i think street fighter was what 94 i think and that sort of i think yeah that was like kind of the nail in the coffin <laughs> when yeah. was time cop oh was time that? cops 94 95 yeah, yeah. gotta so be talking was... about time cop yeah, well, we was, can't forget Time Cop. They were still trying to put him in huge things, which Time Cop made a hundred million dollars. Yeah. Time <laughs> Cop, Time Cop Jesus. was good, but I also think that that was like a little bit of a spike in there. Yeah, it's it's like kind of like what would happen with Eddie Murphy that you'd have a, a bunch of kind of bombs in a row and then yeah. one spike just to keep them afloat. But uh, and I think there was a lot of problems with Van Damme and his ego, and pro I think drugs and other yeah. other problems but, but so universal <clears throat> soldier was oh before all that stuff yeah that was like 91 i think yeah 92 or two. but yeah uh 
so yeah, Wu Wu struggled with that, but he does go a couple of years later uh, into Broken Arrow, which Johnny T. I never liked Broken Arrow. I yeah, had problems with. I saw when it came out, and I I didn't like it then, and it was just too much. And Travolta was kind of ridiculous in it, and way over the top. And he's kind of riding this. He's definitely riding this Tarantino thing. Yeah. Well, Christian Slater's in that too, right? Mm-hmm. Slater yeah. and Travolta, baby. Yeah. I never. I've never actually seen it, but I. I I remember at the time thinking like, I, I want to see that like John Travolta. And then, and like, you know, Slater was in the consciousness for so long and in the eighties and stuff. Oh, yeah. And it was like, yeah, this is kind of like, these are two people I want to see in a movie, but I never got around to it. It, it didn't really look that appealing, but, uh, and I just never, yeah, I never visited it. So, <laughs> but it, it, it should have been kind of up my alley at the time. Yeah, it it the trailers were great. It looked really cool. It looked like it had great action, but I you know, I just remember being really disappointed with it that it just never really achieved what it seemed like it could have. And Travolta is just sort of nauseating with the cool guy. The cool guy Tarantino dialogue and you know, over the topness and the biggest thing that it did was it gave give birth to Ain't a Cool News. Oh, is that right? Is that, is that's, that how he broke? That that, that's he says, "Ain't it cool?" Like, like he says that line. That's so oh, that that, that cool. name is from Broken Arrow. That's right. Is that in the trailer somewhere? Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's in the trailer for sure. So, uh, but it does, you know, begin what I guess somewhat of a collaboration uh, between Wu and Travolta, and um, the movie wasn't a huge hit, but it was enough of a hit that it gave the studios a little more confidence in John Woo as a director that they could they could give him a little bit more instead of being so controlling over their edits and what they were doing with what he wanted to bring to the table. So uh, Paramount uh, comes to him with this script written by uh, Mike Warb and Michael Colleri. That was originally written, you know, years earlier for Stallone and and uh, Stallone and Schwarzenegger to be the leads in. And this was pitched to Joel Silver, who eventually passed on it and it found its way to Paramount. Now, rewind a few years. Could you have pictured this movie, this plot starring John uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger and Sylvester Stallone produced by Joel Silver? Would that have worked? Yeah, it would have been huge. It would, it would have, have been fucking huge. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that was the original cast that they wanted, right? Yeah. I mean, yeah. that was that was it. Yeah. I, if this had come out, let's just say like 88, 89, even as even as even like 91, that would have been enormous. I think it would have been a huge, yeah. huge well hit. they they hadn't been in a movie together yet, right? So right. like it would have been the first time. I mean, it would have it definitely for anybody who is an action fan of any sort, yeah. like it would have, it would have been massive. Yeah. I think, I, I wonder what the reason was of why they didn't do it. I, I can, I can imagine at the time that neither wanted to be the villain of the movie mm-hmm. because both were so locked into being the hero, the lead, I think sharing at that time. I mean, of course, we would see them work together years later, but that's way deep in the second half of their yeah. careers, yeah. Um, where they were, the egos were not quite as high. So, um, you know, I, I I could see them having a battle over like who's gonna 
who's going to be the guy who lives who kills the other one because it's kind of saying that one is better than the other yeah 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 that wouldn't fly yeah i could see and you know just the projects they were doing it's 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 also like do when they could star in their own movie and be the top dog instead of sharing it they could be making you know mm-hmm. they were constantly working so yeah they'd have to carve out time to share this movie uh, oh man, that would have been great. Yeah, <laughs> what could have been the Joel Silver version of uh, Face Off with those two? Ooh, yeah, uh, alternate reality. Face Off again. Let's just. Well, hey, well, I'm sure we're gonna get. To, it'll be. I'm sure we're be, gonna get to some of this. Yeah, it'll be Ansel Elgort and yeah. uh, <laughs> Timothy Chalamet. <laughs> I, no, I think hey. you go with the Chris's. You go with the you know Chris uh, Chris oh, Pratt, Pratt, Chris Pratt Evans, Pine? Chris. What's Chris Pine and Chris Pine? They should. Well, it should be a three-way face-off. So <laughs> that's what they call it. it. Three-way face-off. Apparently, there's a sequel coming. So yeah, we'll we'll, oh, we'll what swing way yeah. around to that at the end. Okay. But, All right, Joan Allen's back. This um, time it's her face. <laughs> her and <laughs> Melissa see. McCarthy. <laughs> Straight faces. It's a Perfect. comedy. All right, cool. Uh, so, you know, John Woo rejected this movie several times. It was pitched to him over and over. He kept saying no to it. Uh, you know, he's getting frustrated. Finally, Paramount and him come to an agreement that, look, I'm going to, I'll do this movie, but I got to do it my way. You got to let me do my, my John Woo thing. Okay. Use my style and, and let's go. Just leave me alone. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Uh, so all right, let's let's before we talk about the the cast in in David's favorite segment of the of the show, let's talk about the plot. So, this what's plot this movie is, about? This movie is insane and ridiculous. It's bananas. <laughs> does this plot make sense at all? And does it hold up? What do you got, David? What do you think? The the this idea that there's this like American domestic like. D- global terrorist that is like super almost super famous uh and is pursued by by john travolta's you know fbi super cop guy uh and then like i don't know like they just do it for money but he's a complete psychopath and it's he's just some guy you can't even tell how smart he is like you'd think like if you did this today, you'd talk about you talk about how smart they are and that, that they have global connections and they, they could do anything and go anywhere. And then like it's just like yeah, they kind of have this little posse that they don't hang out with, and it's really just him and his brother. And you know, they 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 wanted the 10 million for the bomb, like 10 million dollars, like with the like to kill millions of people for what reason no one really knows. It's just banana. It's so it's like it's so weak. There's so many things that like don't that are incredible or like it just doesn't make sense so it's just you kind of have to like ride that ride the wave with them like all right like this this is what it is there's there's a guy that's just bad and and his brother are bad and they know bad people and there's this guy who's just basically probably a good guy he's slightly damaged but we won't really talk about it because of you know the tragedy that happened um it's it's yeah it's it's, there's like a foundation of good stuff good of things that are good uh, uh, that can make a good story out of this but it is it's super whack and <laughs> it just yeah it's weird right it's in. weird right it's like the setup for a super villain in a comic book movie mm-hmm. but then without a superhero 
Yeah. Right. It's like what, what, like, I don't understand why any of this is, I don't know. It, 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 I don't know that it works really well, but if you put all that aside yeah, and you just go with it, you got to go with it. Right. And, and, I, and I hate that thing. of like, turn your brain off and just go with it. It's like, you just have to accept this, this reality they're presenting you because they're not going to give you anything yeah. really meaty. So it's, that's it's, all it is. It's movie logic, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. Okay. Sure. Let's go with it. But it is, it's part of that nineties thing of it. Like the, that thing where they talk about the contempt for the audience, like <laughs> yes, in reviews, when critics say that, and it's like, this is one of those movies. <laughs> like, yeah. Like there's just like, we don't trust the audience. We don't yeah. give a shit. And we're Audience, gonna, audiences are dumb. Audiences like, are dumb. So we're going to keep it dumb. And yeah. like, they just, they'll just, give it they'll come into our movie anyway and that yeah i kind of felt that i'm like this is kind of this this it's a they little don't, they don't like me this is insulting. <laughs> it's insulting yeah 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 it's it's one of those i think you nailed it guys that you sort of do have to turn your brain off when when you, you need to make that decision because mm-hmm. if, if you're going to watch this movie you can't sit there and think like why are they doing this doesn't make any sense why would they do that like where is the backstory of like who are these people why does castro troy do all these things you're not getting any of that you were there if you you dissect it like you're it's game over yeah the the only reason to watch this movie is to just have sort of have fun with it that you know you're going to get ridiculous action sequences with terrible dialogue and uh, really and dubs, so <laughs> um, yeah, I, that that's the only reason really to to watch it. But that being said, you can have a lot of fun with it. Yeah, there's there's lots to have fun with in this thing. But but it's up to you to make that choice of either yeah. you roll with it and have a good time and you know what you're getting, or yeah. don't watch it because it's going to drive you crazy. Yeah, don't look for anything yeah. more. And it's, yeah, how do you want to spend your time? I'm quite positive that watching it for this podcast will be the last time I ever watch it. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I will never watch this. I'm sorry to say that, but I'm pretty positive that's true. However many years you'll have left on Earth, you're not going to waste two two hours. I'm just not. I'm just not. I can't do it. I I had a very love hate relationship with this movie. I loved it when it came out. I loved it for about maybe, you know, two or three years. And then I kind of didn't watch it for a while. I think I watched it maybe right after I moved to LA. So like 2002, 2003. And I was like, whoa, this movie, I I can't, I I, I never want to watch this movie again. Like I am never going to get that time back. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Um, And I I disowned it. it. I I got rid of it from my collection. I was (sighs) like, never going to watch it again. Now when watching it for this, obviously a lot of time has gone by. Again, I had fun with it, but I see it for what it is. And correct, this will be the last screening of Face Off. Yeah, it no was reason. it was hard, man. It was hard for me this time. Like, and yeah. I, it's the combination of like the style now being really outdated, and the performances from the two leads being just like so cheesy and over the top and like scene chewing and just like 
it was too much. And this, yeah. you know, the script does not, you know, like it doesn't help at all. No, was, I think, I think uh, a lot of it is, is there is, is in the script. I mean, I think that's where a lot of the problems are. I yeah. think, you know, I was thinking about why this turned out the way it did. And, you know, I think John Woo was, so I, I don't put all of it on him because I think he's so focused on the action sequences and I know the language barrier was, was an issue that, so some of that dialogue isn't going to register as like not working for him. I'm, I'm making an assumption here, but uh, you know, not knowing being fully fluent with the language wouldn't maybe see that like, Hey, this dialogue just doesn't sound right. Right. You know, and I think he was leaving a lot of that performance up to Travolta and Cage. And, you know, when when you leave them, when you leave it to them, they clearly are going to go very over the top unless you're rain, you know, reining them back in, which I don't it clearly he was not doing. So uh, I, I think his focus was on the action, less on the performance and kind of let them do their thing. And this is what you get. So, well, um yeah, because without that input, I mean, like, I'm sure Cage and Travolta could have pretty good notes about this. But when when they have a script like that and like, this is what you want me to say? Like, yeah, like only a cartoon character would talk like this, <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> which is kind of like how their performances are kind of clocked for me. Like they just they are not it, it, Sean Archer in general, I guess, is. When he's just kind of a quiet in his quieter moments, he's great. Like it's fine. He's a fine character, but he's sure. his psychological like journey as Caster Troy. He's like, like I don't know if there was, a, I don't know if anyone's ever consulted a mental health professional about <laughs> you know trauma and all that for this movie. It's just really crazy. Not that they should have, but it's just like that's when the cartoon moments come out, and it's just like you can't, you, yeah. you don't. It's it's weird. It's weird. Like, cause all the crazy stuff, it just seems like I can only really remember Cage as like the craziest one. But he was the hero for the most for most yeah, of the movie. Yeah, like, yeah. Well, it's it's actually you know when you look at it, it's very it's a very challenging role to play for each of them because they're playing this sort of multiple. The same actor has to play these such well, different you know angles on their characters. Right, and that's what I meant earlier when we when we started the podcast about their performances being like brilliant and terrible all at the same it's just like yeah. because them playing each other like i get it like it lands it's it's well done you know but it's it's just like everything about, about it is just like kind of cringeworthy like i can't not think about cage in this movie and before the whole face-off transition, like every scene he's in is just Ugh. like so gross, you know, like yeah. everything about it, like the scene where, I don't know, they're in the convention hall or the wherever. And he's like, I don't even know what he's doing with the, with the lady who's like singing on the, like what is happening there when he's dressed up like a priest. And then it's just like, everything is just every it's all well there's no there's no explanation terrible. for anything the movie right. moves so fast it's so fast paced there's no logic or rhyme or reason why these characters are doing what they're doing where they're doing it uh the time frame that it's happening on you know there, there's in some of those action sequences like there's no like the physical space of it all doesn't make sense like how did 
cage get up like two stories above Travolta when they were just like 10 feet away from each other. And in the time it took Travolta to reload his gun, cage is like two stories above him shooting at him. Like, you know, there's a yeah. lot of that, but um, you know, it never gives you anything to really bite down on about like logic and just, you know, why any of this is happening. It's just not that kind of movie, you know, how does he sneak a bomb in a place like that's going to just stay hidden and unrecognized for two weeks. <laughs> like, right. Essentially. Why like, would you yeah. set a bomb? Why, why would he set a bomb for two weeks either? Why not for long. 24 yeah. hours or something? You know, why two weeks? Yeah. Like it, there's so much time that basically it's or it was like a week. I don't know. It doesn't even yeah. matter. It's just yeah. so crazy. Um, and then like, you know, where, where they find it up there, it's like, anyone could have found that any yeah. any maintenance worker would have found it's that definitely yeah. like pre 9 11 logic before they locked oh, everything true. down and like started right. you know like bringing the dogs around everywhere for any bag you know like that's true we're keeping close eyes on on abandoned bags and things like that. well it's like so a like bright still <laughs> ridiculous it's a bright orange pelican case that couldn't <laughs> stand out anymore <laughs> but okay uh yeah and and just the dialogue is so especially caster troy's dialogue i mean both as cage oh and travolta God. that it's cringeworthy every the scene almost on every... the plane with the lady who ends up being the fbi agent, yeah i'm just like oh, oh this god damn like, yeah if i were to send you flowers where would i uh <laughs> no, wait let me rephrase if i were to let you suck my tongue. Would you be grateful? Mm-hmm. No, that's it's that first so 10, bad. 15 minutes is rough. That's some rough yeah. stuff. Yeah. I was I was like, oh shit. I don't I, I don't know. <laughs> like, like, there, I, I remember I, I remember that scene from when we saw it back in the day, and I was like, I don't know why it didn't bother me more, but holy crap, watching it this time around, I was like, this is just terrible like it's terrible well it's supposed to be this like shorthand of like well he's like he's this some he's, kind of ladies man no he's like he's what? a lecherous at like like you know he's kind of a, a sexual assaulter but like it's yeah. so it's supposed to show how he's kind of a bad guy but at the same time it's a nice wink to all those guys that think it's hysterical like this is grabbing a woman's at, uh, behind yeah. and you know like making Ugh, the noises and faces like oh my god like well it's like i don't know it's just weird like he's so repulsive and then like sticks his tongue out and she just like dives in and it's like this is is this what happens up. like yeah. is this is <laughs> reasonably yeah. that woman if, if she was just a airline person she wouldn't know who that guy is right. <laughs> like, well unless so... it's like their private plane well yeah. and his brother's over there and he has this like kind of sh- weird like smirk like man my brother did it again it's yeah. like oh you guys are yeah just i'm like, done yeah that was that was that was that early stuff was really rough yeah, yeah and, and, and later on when when he is uh you know under i guess when he's when he becomes sean archer and then the weirdness between sean archer and his daughter oh right like yeah. that oh, oh like no like that that weird brief thing that's like it's scary and weird and like like 
yeah i'm I'm glad it never went further than that in the movie like he kept he, he kept boundaries after that but like just that threat of that is just so fucking gross yeah and weird yeah. like anyway i you know there's just there's too much of that and it's like again it's like this is this is the contempt for the audience like this is how you know he's a bad guy he treats women poorly and we're gonna show you how he does it and like and then it's but it's also like a laugh for all the other guys that think that like this is kind of funny like that's there's there you can tell there's like some kind of humor attached to it some and it's yeah, at it's, the time you know what i mean like some yeah. boys club bullshit that you got to throw something in there that like we got to show the 17 year old daughter in her underwear and like and then his her father leering at her but it's not her father it's like ugh. right yeah it's just the implication is not, like gross enough like because yeah. the implication yeah well and, and the thing about villains too that makes a good movie villain much like in real life is that they they don't see themselves as villains right? right like osama bin laden doesn't or didn't think he was a villain he believed in something and was going to do whatever it took to to get to that right. um you know when you have in a lot of times and so often in 90s action movies and 80s action movies, you have these one note villains who are just doing bad things because they're bad. You know, there's no right. real... it's fun to be bad. It's fun to be evil. Yeah. Like yeah. for no other reason. Like, yeah. like well, okay. Right. Like <laughs> which isn't a real a, thing. A, you didn't get like a layered character who like you would like, hey, no, th- there's a reason they do these things and they're, you know, trying to whatever their goal is, if it's like a religious thing or whatever. Um you know, or even, or even if it's about money, but like, this is not, it's not really about money. You know, he's not, he's just because he has fun being a terrorist. Like, I don't think any terrorist is actually like that. <laughs> right. Like, uh-huh. oh yeah, he's complete psychopath. Like, and it's, and it, he's, he's a personality that's so over the top and he just does whatever. And it's, he's crazy. He's got the crazy eyes. Like, well, ugh. and then let's talk yeah. about like the actual, face-off part of the the movie here we talked about a lot about their characters but does the whole face swapping thing i mean does that make sense and does it work because yeah for me right off the bat they switch faces but apparently they also switch bodies but there's no mention of that <laughs> yeah <laughs> they show briefly how they could kind of sculpt them up a little bit and make right. them, but like That's... nicholas cage and john travolta do not share the same body frame not like there's no, their skeletons are very different like, <laughs> in general it's more than just yeah. they, they they trim you know they, they you see them working on the hair and you know doing a couple other things but like come on like the way they walk oh, yeah. and they, they try to cover everything like the voice modulator thing and uh, it just yeah it's, I, it's a hard pill to swallow i'm fine i'm fine with it it's it, it's it's yeah <laughs> i, I mean know. in 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 the, in the vein of hey just go with it you know it's like all right we're going with it yeah, yeah. I, you, I don't need the realism of that well, you have, I mean, that's the whole thing about this movie to every level of it is you just have to make the decision to continue on with it and take it for what it is or stop watching the movie right now <laughs> because yeah. 
you're going to go crazy. But Well, and I think that's my thing is like, even if, it, I mean, this last viewing, even if you just want to try and go with it, like I still couldn't enjoy it. Like I was just like, this is not enjoyable. Yeah. You never, you didn't, you didn't have any fun at, like at any point with it. Not fun. I didn't but just... really. Like I just was turned off by the whole thing. Like it just like, yeah. I mean, I kept remembering like watching it when, when it first came out and I was like, man, this was like, I remember it being a little bit more groundbreaking, not like groundbreaking in a, in a significant way, but like it was that merging of the Hong Kong cinema with the, with the US filmmaking, right? And it's like, all right, this was, it was cool. Like it was cool to see that start to happen. And it's not anything that ever really like, I don't think ever really like got a good solid foothold, but like having been a fan of Hard Boiled and all this stuff that John Woo had done, um, you know, finally seeing this, I remember being excited about it and enjoying it. And then like going back and watching it now, it's just like so out of place. Everything yeah. about it is just so out of place. Like I just couldn't wrap my head around it. And then you tie in the really like gross dialogue and performances. Like it was just really difficult for me to like sit there and be yeah. like, find anything redeeming about it this time around. And I was like, man, what the hell? Until that last like action sequence, yeah. you know? Like, and then I'm like, okay, like there's the thing. I'm like, there's the thing that's entertaining. Yeah. It's fun. Like they're not like dripping saliva and oozing gross. Like I was like, okay, right. this, this works, you know, but you know, then there were white doves and I was like, all right, that's a little cheesy again. From, but. from the church on, I think it, that is that like, that's, that's the movie for me. That, I think that's yeah. probably what I fell in love with. Like, and like it carried with me the whole time, but it's like, and because I wouldn't know, is it, is the woo-ness of overall like throughout the movie is it kind of watered down like yeah for american audiences yeah, it's, oh it's yeah. Kinda, yeah it's kind of not there until that final scene i mean there's like elements but yeah. not not to the extent i mean again like john said you, you if you should certainly check out hard-boiled yeah like you will see everything that woo was about like that's mm -hmm. like him at his like that is yeah. like it is it is his it is his best and it's like and it's great you yeah. know i i mean i remember it being great i, I haven't seen it a long time yeah i haven't I don't have go back you might be disappointed well no, i don't like know face I, it, maybe, I would i would be, say I, I having just literally just watched a clip and i had seen hard-boiled probably in the last five years it, it's still great like yeah. I, I have the same love for it now that i had i'm sure then. it's great yeah, <laughs> yeah. It, it's there's just there's a huge difference in just the way it comes across. There's so yeah. like, it feels it just doesn't translate. Yeah. It, it's just, it right. Exactly. It never really translated that you, well, it, it is, uh, it's, it's, it's weird because it's a, it's a watered down version of it, but it's also a, a that whole thing. Like you said, Brent, it's that polished, that overly polished look and everything's clean and crisp and, um, you know, I, sometimes in some of the like hard boiled and the killer, like there's okay, you could see the squibs sometimes. You could see it like sticking, like you can tell where the where the gunshots are going to come from on this dude's shirt sometimes. But there's mm. part of that grittiness and rawness that that works so well there that just yeah. it doesn't exist at all here. You'd never see anything like that on an American action movie. I mean, it's yeah. not not one of that scale. Well, and I was also going to say Chow Yun Fat is like a just a whole different type of actor in in the in the John Woo movies than 
Nick Cage or Travolta. Yeah, you know, like Nick Cage and Travolta, they're like caricatures of of types of characters, right? Where like Chow Yun Fat, I don't know. Like, there's just more to to him. Well, you you see him do this stuff. You are seeing yeah. Chow Yun Fat do these moves and do these, um, you know, flips and rolls and these shootouts, and it's him right there. And you buy it. You believe that this dude right. could pull this stuff off. Here, it's like clearly you can tell when the stunt double stepped in, and you just. I've never bought John Travolta as an action star. I, we talked about it, I think, a little bit in our blowout episode about his later career yeah. that, you know, he always rode this, this you know, let, let's segue completely into talking about Travolta and Cage here. And let's start with Travolta. Sure. So, you know, once he hit that Pulp Fiction and that Get Shorty thing, he rode that to this day. He rides those characters. Yeah the the too cool for school and then mixed in with these action movies that started with broken arrow and face off is sort of the height of it that he still he he very rarely do you see him do anything outside of those roles it's just one thing after another after another after another and it's always the same uh trying to you know hit that same jackpot again yeah well i mean it the he he got cool again right because i mean it's like his barbarino days and and yeah and all that stuff like he was he was he was the, in greece and all that shit he was always the cool kind of guy in a sense what even if it's that character like you know funky character you know but i don't know he's it yeah it doesn't really age like it's it's like the guy who just never like he peaked in high school right and doesn't doesn't yeah. know it <laughs> like i mean so I Right. I think I remember in our blowout episode, I was pretty hard on Travolta in that one as well. And I'm you just are. like finding. Yeah. I think. <laughs> I fair. Think, I don't know if it is. Is it like. I, I think he was good. He was good. I, 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 did, well, I did like him in, in blowout. Um, yeah. And, and of course, I think he works great in Pulp Fiction. It's Pulp Fiction. Yeah. But again, like I haven't seen that in a long time either. Like I'm afraid now to go back and watch it because honestly, like, the last few times I've seen him and stuff, I'm just like, I can't, I don't get it. Like, I just don't, I don't like the magic it's gone. Like, yeah. You know, and I just have a hard time, like, and maybe, you know, it's just a little bit like it was years and years and years of probably like oversaturation because yeah, Pulp Fiction came out in what 94 mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and it was like, wow, it was kind of, it was a new thing. It was an ex exciting thing. Like it opened up a whole deal and yeah, he popped up everywhere and was it everything kind of redoing and, you know, regurgitating the same kind of spiel, really trying to milk it. And like, it was fun for a minute, but like now everything is just like, ugh, I don't know. Like, and now maybe I'm just, I've lost my taste for it, I guess. Right. Yeah. I could see it. Yeah. yeah you, you, you might just be overall just done with, yeah, and I Travolta. think that that might be the case because, you know, I mean, I know it's subjective, but you guys seem to like him in Blowout. And I remember him just yeah. like not. I, I just, I, I think it's just the thing. Like, I just am over, over his, I think him. He, he still has that it factor that like, he's a star. He is like, I think you're drawn to him, like for certain reasons. And maybe, and maybe you're not, maybe you're repelled yeah. by him for yeah, certain I reasons. Know. I don't know. So I like seeing him. I mean, that movie, Michael or whatever. Yeah. Mm -hmm. 
like that was pretty good like i liked movies. michael i liked fun uh, what was the other phenomenon one? Yeah. phenomenon like, i liked I both good. those a lot i remember all... liking them a lot back in the day and yeah and they were peppered in between all these cool like 90s yeah. cool roles yeah but um, also completely different type of role right like he's not trying mm -hmm. to play the cool guy you know like it's yeah it's a little bit well i guess michael he is kind michael, of michael he is yeah cool oh yeah guy with with wings but the phenomenon so, was like a really really yeah i remember one. liking like, that i mean i don't know like i think he was fine like for what it was he was he was i don't know he's really good in it and yeah. like oh, look who's talking he's kind of a schmoozer in the beginning of that i haven't seen that movie since it, well, like, it came out the, that's in the down period that's in, yeah you know that's that's his yeah. like only hit movie in about 15 years and it was a family well, right film, and his right? whole yeah i mean like he was probably trying to angle for a new type of family oriented you know career because like nothing was happening for him for a while and then and then pulp fiction hits and it's a completely different it's like a 180 right like yeah. it's pretty he's like cussing he's a hitman he's like f-bomb this and you know like yeah. you know Royale He's just a bad she, guy now. Then just like trendy and cool and hip, and you know, yeah. it's a completely different thing. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's true. Hmm. But yeah, he had a lot of movies come out in that '94 to '97 time period. It was like you know, two or three a year. He was everywhere and was definitely trying to maximize his return to star status. So it was a lot of Travolta overkill. Um, yeah, some of those movies work. I really struggle. We'll cover Get Shorty here. Uh, at some point, because that is another really? movie that I really struggle with, uh, really? with the the too cool, the too cool Tarantino thing. Um, See, there you go. Like I watched that not too long ago, and I he didn't drive me crazy. So oh, really? it's weird. Yeah, like I mean, I when I say not too long ago, probably two years ago, okay. right? But that's still recent enough, you know. And I don't for yeah. whatever reason he didn't bother me in that at all. Yeah, I think, but uh, yeah. I don't know. Let's. Uh, he's had an interesting career up to this point, but it feels like this is like the last. <laughs> I don't know, sort of like the last, like new, fresh kind of idea, uh, as far as a plot, the, a movie itself goes for Travolta. That I, I, after this, it's like we're about I don't to know, fish. So <laughs> that's exciting. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. All right, so let's talk about Nicolas Cage. So another actor who's in this transition period. So Nicolas Cage has like two different careers. He's got everything from the 80s all the way through, you know, you're raising Arizona's, your Valley Girls, your Moonstrucks, everything that's like leading into or all the way up to leaving Las Vegas where he's an established actor who's uh, nominated for awards. Didn't he win best actor for leaving Las Vegas? I don't know like, if he won, but he was definitely nominated. Yeah. I, I can't remember. He's at least nominated, but totally a very high respect level for Nicolas Cage. Then he does the rock, which I'm a big fan of. I love the rock. I have a great time with that movie. Mm -hmm. I think that's a movie where it, it's just enough or it works anymore. Mm -hmm. would have been too much, but um, and then immediately follows that up with Con Air, which mm -hmm. David's a big fan of. I think it that's where it goes too far, and is also kind of like this one, just like bananas ridiculous. But and then within what a month of Con Air coming out, he's got Face Off. Face Off, yeah. So suddenly he's done this 
huge shift to just these major action movies that are very dialogue heavy, very sort of like lean on him uh, for character work, sort of, or performance at least, um, you know, a lot. And then he never really turns back or very rarely, you know, you do get an adaptation once in a while, but um, you know, a lot of, a lot of just straight action movies for the rest of his career. You, you know, your, your national treasures, your, your Bangkok dangerous, your, your, um, was it gone oh, 60 seconds? Like, was that him? Yeah. That's all like driving thousands. Yeah. That, that's what I mean. I mean, talking about the rest of his career after this. So yeah. that he's, he never really turns back to that. Like real, except for adaptation is the one that jumps out to me of like, yeah, oh, performance, right. character, you know, a, like lower budget, non-action related movie. <laughs> well, did you see Joe? I did not see Joe. He's pretty good in Joe too. Oh, I've never seen Joe. Yeah. So, but he, but he oh, has okay. these, he has these little moments that like, you know, like eight millimeter, I think was probably trying to, was a little more back to form for him in the midst of all that. Right. I mean, it wasn't kind of like a kind of, kind of, psychological kind of i barely remember that was like the snuff film movie yeah yeah uh i don't know i don't i remember that people talked about how he was you know good but then he don't forget he did national treasure to like lead another like what i'm not gonna lie trilogy it was meant to be be a trilogy but the second one didn't do so well so they they put a stop to it but the first one i really like like i (laughs) yeah i went through a phase where i watched that quite a bit like it's just like kind of it's whatever crazy it's such a crazy concept i just i just find it really fun you know but it's weird like nick cage is another one of those where i feel like the dude is an actor who like just kind of choose scenes and is not super great, but he has really solid performances. I mean, the, the things that you were talking about, John, like, I mean, he's great in leaving Las Vegas. That movie is mm-hmm. intense, but like, there's no denying, like he's really great in that movie. And granted that's like, you know, 15, 25, who knows how many years ago that was, but like adaptation, he's great. I think he's just an actor who does, he throws so much shit at the wall. Like, like, you know, eventually some of them are going to hit and like mm-hmm. connect, you know, I mean, even more recently with things like Mandy and, and, you know, some of his more like kind of kind of out there gore horror stuff that he's doing. Like I'm, I'm intrigued to see like Willie's Wonderland, which looks kind of interesting where he's a janitor in a fun house that goes crazy. Mm. But, you know, like I think because he throws so much stuff, out there you know like some of it hits and he's found it he's kind of found another new niche with these like horror movies like mm-hmm. uh color of what is it called um color out of space and things like that so who knows jujitsu is supposed to be pretty good you know for mm-hmm. some of the newer things that he's doing mm-hmm. but again he doesn't annoy me the same way travolta does but i feel well, like he's the same kind of story where it's like uh well starting with uh, I guess starting with Con Air and definitely really picking up with Face Off, like this is the beginning of Nicolas Cage becoming a meme. Right. Oh, sure. <laughs> yeah. Know? Put the like, bunny back in the box. Like, yeah. Bunny in the I, box. And I struggle with Con Air, but I love The Rock. Oh, so, yeah. You know, like of, of his, of his kind of 
Jerry Bruckheimer Bay. Well, Trinity. but the rock is different because he's not the action star. Like he's specifically like, mm-hmm. I mean, he's doing he's action, awkward. but his character is not an action guy. So he's forced into doing it. And it works in the story of that movie that it's really Connery doing, or at least Connery's double <laughs> doing a lot of the yeah. action stuff. Right. Um, and, you know, he's kind of just complaining about having to be dragged along in this story yeah. situation. Anyway. Well, there's so, a lot of support. Ed Harris is in that movie. Michael I mean, Bean. Of, Michael Bean, who is a, you know, a podcast favorite. Yeah. You know, so, <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, yeah, very. But here back at Face Off, we just such over the top performance from cage i mean we talked about it earlier it's just it is very hard to watch and listen to and you know especially in the beginning when he's like pure caster troy i can't stand him in this movie even even when he's sean archer that just like the scene okay where where he's in prison right he's gone undercover as as caster he's in prison Mm -hmm. and then Travolta comes in having revealed that he is a alive and B is now portraying Sean Archer that when, when cage is whimpering and that his, that like you, you killed them. Tito like (laughs) you killed them. Well, beats paying the bill, huh? See anything you like. Tito. It just like, I could not. I, I burst out laughing. But that's like, Nick Cage thinking that's how Travolta would play this. Yeah, exactly. Right. <laughs> you know, like that's kind of the, the rub of all of it, too. Is like he's he's a dude playing a, another dude disguised as another dude. Um, <laughs> it's true. Um, um well, and that goes back to that like kind of genius thing of like they're playing each other, you know, playing those characters. Right. Yeah. But but it's like they're almost, I don't know, it's almost like they're just left to their own devices and not really being directed on that. Yeah, level. there's there's pieces where you're like, oh, you you get you can see the imitation happening, and then there's but for the most part, it's just yeah, they're yeah, they're kind of just left to their own devices, I think. Because right. they're over the top characters to begin with. Right. And then they're playing over the top characters playing those over the top characters. So it's 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 just a lot it's um it is a lot it's it's uh, it's it's a lot and then you get this this switch where you know then cage is not as uh ridiculous as sean archer right where he's a little bit more restrained right travolta's turn to go over the top and then they kind of you know then it just then the action just blows up in the whole last half hour of the movie, which is yeah, I guess the be- better part of the movie. That's the, I mean, the best the best part of this movie is the last twenty five <laughs> minutes, right? I mean, that's all or twenty minutes. That's it. Like that yeah. that again. That's the movie. <laughs> like, yeah. Well, and I bet you know, like I bet in ninety seven, you know, like the earlier part of the movie, audiences probably found to be more fun. Right. Because, I mean, I don't think everybody was sick of these guys yet. No, not at all. No. Unfortunately, now when you watch it, we're all sick of them. And it's like, or I'm sorry, I don't want to speak for you guys. I'm sick of them. And it's like, the unfortunately, the script is just not, does not like work for today's, like, you know. I was, I was sick of these guys 
by like 2003, I think I was done with both of them. Yeah. Again, I think Nick Cage has done some pretty interesting stuff recently. But yeah. Yeah. Like there was a there was a minute where or like a decade or yeah. maybe a decade and a half where it was like, oh, gosh. Uh, it was it was a hard pass for me for both of them for at least 10 maybe 15 years of just yeah. you know wild hogs no thanks you know you can right. <laughs> skip all that um yeah uh, but there's a whole and one of the other frustrating things watching this movie now is there's a brilliant rest of the cast here that have very little yeah. characters very some of them very uh, they're just in it very briefly i mean what the hell is margaret cho doing in this movie uh, you yeah, know right. you, you got joan allen who's this a you know oscar caliber actress who's just genius and so many other things and she's trying you know, like she's she's trying to do something with what she has. I guess she's got more a bigger role than anybody else. Yeah. Um, but and like, holy shit, remember when Gina Gershon was like a big deal? Like yeah. she was in a whole bunch of stuff. Yeah. What happened to her? I don't know. I don't know what happened to her. She's still around. I mean, she pops yeah. up in things, but she's yeah, I just there was like a there was like a few years there where she was like in a bunch of stuff. Mm-hmm. I feel Sasha, like Sasha, what the fuck are you doing here? <laughs> <laughs> oh yes. Uh, <laughs> uh, you got it in. Nice. You got uh you got Ro- Robert Wisdom, who is great in the wire. Um, who else? Alessandro yeah. Nivola, who's coming up in the Sopranos uh prequel movie. He's gonna yeah. be playing Dickie C- Moltisanti. CCH Pounder. Yeah. Oh my yeah, god. For sure. God. Like it just in this like minor minor role. Like yeah, it's so and she weird. was around at this point. Like she oh, was, yeah. you know, I, this is pre, this is before the shield, but um, she popped up in things all the time. Yeah, she was always busy. She was great. Um, you got Harvey Presnell, who's who's uh, his uh, Sean Archer's mentor. Uh, Matt Ross is one of the guys. Um, that dude from uh, Desperate Housewives is one of Sean Archer's guys too, and. What's his name? Jamie Denton, I think. Something something like that. John Carroll Lynch. Yeah, John Carroll Lynch. Uh, Tom, you got Tom Jane. Tom Jane? Yeah. Not Thomas Jane. Well, he's Tom Jane in, in Arrested in, Development. So, yeah. Oh. Wait. <laughs> but yeah, Thomas Jane. Yeah. Wait, Thomas Jane's in this movie? Yeah, he's in the prison. He's like the guy with the glasses who kind of. <laughs> oh, that's buddies like, up who with the him. fuck is yeah. that guy? No. <laughs> that's right. That's okay. a pre Boogie Nights Thomas Jane. I didn't that's even think of that. Funny. I'm like, I couldn't. Yeah, the hair and the glasses just threw me, and he looks so Nick, different. Nick Cassavetes. Yeah. Nick Cassavetes. Did you say uh, Colin Fury? Confiore? Yeah, Confiore. And and it just goes on and on. There's just people all over this movie who just don't have any real characters to work with. Yeah. Uh, which is unfortunate. Yeah. Well, they 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 s- support the characters we're supposed to care about. Uh, you know, so at least they're bringing... I mean, you got a lot of talent in this film. Travolta and Cage included. But yeah. It's it, it. The script is really atrocious. Like, mm-hmm. just the lack of like any character depth. Again, like terrible dialogue. Like, I, I was just like, oh man, is the, was the dialogue really always this bad? Like in the first hour of the movie, I was like, Jesus, this is rough. Like, yeah. I, I 
like can anyone say anything real for like one second (laughs) yeah no it is i was so surprised i was like oh i mean i didn't i wasn't expecting you know shakespeare um but it was it was it was tough it's it's again it's this is a relic of of this of this time period of contemptible kind of 90s action (laughs) yeah i mean who was so the the sort of kings of 90s action here you got john woo but you've got michael bay and you've got what jerry bruckheimer produced movies right Mm -hmm. yep so I, I think so many of those, which, you know, we'll, we'll get into over the years here. We've got about, you know, 50 years left on our contract here with, uh, with yeah. Recon Cinema Studios that there's going to be plenty more to look at. But I think we're going to run into this problem with so many of them and very, very few will kind of squeeze by of like, oh, you know what? That did work. That, 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 that gets a pass or that, that holds up. I think, I think, yeah, I think. Yeah until you get to the matrix like the 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 last best one probably was con air or excuse me the rock uh just because you you it that has the site the style and substance that you need and everyone kind of in the right positioning um because i mean the script was really good connery didn't have to do a lot of heavy lifting and as we sort of discussed is like sean connery is not necessarily a great actor but he plays that character that old James Bond character very, very like perfectly. Well, and you get like in, in the rock, you get one liners that sort of work Whereas right here. It's just like, Ooh, like, Oh, what was that one? Oh, I don't remember I, the one that Tito said that when Castro Trey was captured. Oh, I, I don't remember. Oh, I got to find it. I got to know <laughs> just terrible quotes. But Ugh. I mean, there's, there's parts of the script that like, could have worked you know they got this freaky friday thing this switcheroo that um you know that that they trying to deal with the consequences that these characters have to deal with of body swapping that you know caster troy has to deal with like well now he's stuck in this family domestic situation that he's not used to at all and having to like live there and of course Sean Archer's stuck in the prison and trying to literally like fight for his life there. So, I mean, there's things that like, they're interesting. Oh, I think, I think honestly, like if you tone down, I mean, if you just revamp the dialogue completely and you tone down the over the top, like ridiculous performances, like I think you actually can make, I mean, it's a a pretty decent movie, you know, like, but you, but there's those elements are so like in your face and out of place these days that it's like I think impossible to watch this movie and like take anything else serious or or take anything else away from. Wait, you get looking. God. It's like looking in a mirror, only not. Troy. Now that is between us, okay? But you were... uh, In a coma? uh, uh, Nothing uh, like having your face cut off to disturb your sleep. Looks like you're gonna be in here for the next hundred years! (laughs) I have got to go. I've got a government job to abuse and a lonely wife to fuck. (laughs) Did I say that? I'm sorry, I didn't say that. I didn't make love to. God, I miss that face. But I think if you 
if you revamped it and did that and like updated it, like the idea of the movie and like the premise and what's going on, like could still be a lot of fun. Mm -hmm. Like it could be a great, like mm -hmm. performance piece for a couple of actors that are not hacks, you know? And, and not that, not that I'm saying Travolta and Cage are hacks, but in this version with this dialogue, the script and yeah. what they're doing, like it doesn't really serve them well these days. Right. It, well, you know, they're, they're a victim of their own kind of career trajectories. And like you said, it's like you got, you, you were over them at a certain point. So then Travolta just going back, sure. you're like, you can't, you can't go back. Right. Like, yeah. Uh, you were sick of them at a certain point, but at the time, this was it. Like they were, they were, yeah. they were huge. Like this is a great matchup. Like this, they were going to be great. Like, um, yeah, it's amazing how tastes change. I guess, yeah, I suppose, yeah. You know, yeah, or how oversaturation can force you to to reevaluate things. Yeah. Uh, Tito says, uh, "Well, Sean, looks like Elvis done left the building." <laughs> <laughs> good, good zinger, Tito. Good job, Tito. <laughs> well, oh and like God. there's. There was the moment with the the creepy scene with the daughter when he when when he meets her for the first time, and she's listening to Papa's got a brand new bag, and I'm like, what is it about every writer in Hollywood or whatever that always inserts their like popular music onto the younger generation? Mm -hmm. Like, yeah, like she's definitely gonna be listening to that. Oh yeah, with she... her little with her like little weird eye eyelash painted on her. What the. Yeah, like this. Brent's getting angry now. <laughs> I mean, uh, sorry. Like the, when she walks in at first, and like John Travolta is there with Joan Allen, and they're like talking, and she walks in, and she's got that whatever eye makeup on. I'm like, what is happening? Like, what just happened? Like, it's well, she's it's that shorthand. Not, it's that yeah, shorthand. No, it's, like, it's like such a cop out at like not really committing to is she is she like what is she is she some lost child who's gone astray and is like that like is she is she supposed to be a goth kid like what is i you know like yeah. she's so far not that, that and it's like this weird eye makeup is supposed to tell me that she's 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 got no direction i just i don't know it's well sean, sean says you, you change your look every week and you know like obviously it's like this disapproving thing of like you can't wear makeup and outfits like that that's not you you know like where it's like a teen trying shit on and 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 seeing what fits what identity like you know there's sure. and they give her enough dialogue to sort of you know hint like there's more going on with her she she's just trying to figure things out but there's that that thing of like that that contempt of the parents for the, for a teenager like trying to yeah. figure shit their shit out like that is very like just old like dated stuff that just Super doesn't dated. work doesn't and she work. doesn't seem that like i don't know it's they very, don't, yeah oh yeah because the shorthand like, is enough it's like whoa her, her makeup's crazy she's obviously like a big in big trouble like i mean it looks dumb but it's not crazy you know like it's like not like come on let's well, I mean that that was probably a little more less less acceptable. That was less acceptable back then, in mm -hmm. a sense. As, well, especially in like you know whatever, like waspy kind of uh, sure. environments, you know, at least like which oh yeah, the archers clearly are, you know. Well, <laughs> oh yeah, if you if push you everything really really far into to uh, the extent of you know fault, like yeah, I don't I don't know that they really pushed her like rebellion 
to the oh, extent that yeah. it supported like their behavior. She should parents. have like she should have like yo she got into some fight at school it's like and she she's wearing weird eye makeup like that's nothing like you yeah. know she should have pulled like pulled a knife on somebody and like cursed out a cop or something you know like yeah. at least give her something that seems like she's on a trajectory of mm-hmm. that they should really be concerned about yeah. like but now she's just she's doing yeah, their normal teenage stuff it's it's like strange. what's wrong with you ah these kids today i can't even she's so rebellious and she's listening to pop papa got a brand new bag like (laughs) nope she's not listening to your music (laughs) oh yeah say that much she's definitely she'd be be listening to prodigy in 97 yeah firestarter um (laughs) i'm gonna talk about one thing that i i did one element i did like that woo actually tuned you know turned down a few notches so this movie is actually supposed to be in the future. There's a whole what? The, yes, there's a whole be, and you can tell because of like the technology. Like the, it is supposed to be set Oh, yeah, there's a Originally it was way in the future and like there was a whole futuristic element and much more of a sci-fi thing that he like dialed that way down and made that much more of a subtle thing which oh there's one subtle thing in face off and that's it. Yeah. <laughs> Right, but I but isn't that kind of the you just you just buy into like the technology that cops and medical people have in these action movies is always way more advanced than anything that was actually sure yeah street legal you know like, yeah so it's almost like you know it's, it's top secret government stuff top secret science stuff like I mean the future you know I don't know but like they show the the kids. Um, the day he dies on the thing is 91 right and it said night six years later yeah in the beginning so it's it's a 90 1997 where technology that absolutely could still does not exist you know for fit fla- face transplants and things of that nature like we're nowhere we're still nowhere near any of that kind of technology well they so do some version of it they, they've they've gotten they've, better they, at it but they've done successful face transplants but it's not i mean it's it's nothing like where you could fully transform yeah it's perfectly like that and heal quickly yeah it's very much a cosmetic thing i mean the skin yeah the skin's a lot the largest organ you can't just you know any kind of transplant requires an intense amount of therapy and drugs (laughs) yeah um they can't even give me a full head of hair anymore so (laughs) they're like replacing faces they could they could take all the hair from your back and plug it on the top if they want. If I just wanted them to. Yeah, I just I shave it off and put it just place it on top there. You just, you like just sprinkle it. it. Yeah, by the you end don't... of the by like ten minutes later, it's all gone again. But yeah, your technique right. is awful. Dude. <laughs> you gotta try something else. So so far, as far as futuristic, you know, let me take that back a little bit. It, it is set in ninety seven, but it's it's a ninety seven that's more What's like. 2000 whatever you know it's like a it's sort of a futuristic version of 97 alternate universe 2000 yeah there you go well it's just i mean yeah i just i get i guess so i mean i don't know if if that was a a specific thing that was like that you're saying he toned it down but like if it was originally set to be in like a sci-fi future kind Mm -hmm. of thing yeah i see that but otherwise it looks like any other action movie where it's like here's this impossible conceit that we have this really cool technology that just does not exist um i I have a question 
watching it, I, I I completely forgot about this, but watching it now and watching the opening credits, did you guys catch Michael Douglas, executive producer of this? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Definitely I, caught it. I, I like, wonder oh. what that's all about. I wonder if it's one of those things that, because you never hear him about talking about this movie that, oh, was Michael Douglas developing it or what, whatever. Was it, do you think at some point it's like Demi Moore being the executive producer of Austin Powers? That right. it, it's like <laughs> at some point, were you contractually attached to this movie and then backed out, but they still had to pay you? You know, you, you like sort of take that as a gimme title and you get a paycheck for it because you got out of a contract or something like that. Uh, I always thought that about Demi Moore in the you know, the first the Elizabeth Hurley role. Like, was she originally? going to play that character or or what how is she involved with this movie so same thing for douglas here like i wonder at one point could it have been michael douglas and harrison ford as <laughs> as <laughs> these two characters and would that have made a better movie right i don't know yeah i wonder i wonder yeah i, hmm. I think that would have been a fun movie <laughs> <laughs> right yeah. like yeah totally different kind of movie you would not have had those over-the-top performances in any way yeah yeah you know might not yeah. have been great dialogue still but you wouldn't have had to like you know bring it you know do it at 200 percent energy level that you did with travolta and cage yeah yeah alt reality we'll have to see um sequel coming soon how many like sparklers did they use in this movie for all the explosions like I, how crazy is just everything that exploded? It was always that, like, like you know, the sparkly, yeah, the, the sparkly Sparkle stuff, dust. like as if it was like a, you know, a, what do you call it, like a Fourth of July thing? Kind of, yeah, like yeah, yeah. The, the sparks that you'd see at like an iron smelting plant or whatever. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's just always the sparks that aren't that. harmful, but they're like it's just it, it, everything. It's 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 so funny watching like like giant like vehicles crashing into walls or whatever and seeing the explosions are like the, the preset explosions like going off like things do not explode this way and yeah like it's that just... excitement of like the live wires you know like those right. sparks that shoot off of live electric wires yeah in movies like when when like air ducting and stuff falls out it's like yeah. oh we're just gonna add some depth to the scene and there was like Sparkles. one, at least one of the sequences where it's at, they actually use like the fireworks sound where it was like, Pew! like, <laughs> like, and, and I was like, Jesus Christ. Like, uh, but it, just the spectacle of it, I think I, I still, I have to give them props for just committing to like way over the top spectacle for, mm -hmm. for like really mundane things. Um, there's just always stuff flying in the air, like just bolts are flying and then just, like you could see that you can almost see the plungers just shooting things up off the desk and yeah. all that like insane. That's just not how it works. And I love it. Well, <laughs> it's so yeah. Fun. And so much of that is like, is, is that part of that John Woo trademark that you see in, in so many of his movies again, like it's a, something else that like worked in the Hong Kong side, watching it now on face off. Ooh, it was like, mm -hmm. it, it was hard to, sit through some of that like the slow motion like when nicholas cage gets out of his car and the wind blows and his his jacket you know, like, oh yeah like that like oh man that just doesn't doesn't <laughs> age right like, that's uh, yeah i mean it's silly uh, and they present him that that 
that suitcase full of you know chiclets and his gold handled guns and yeah like this they have to like tie his like interesting personality to like these little these mundane items he's, yeah he's got to have this stuff served in the, the golden embossed you know wooden thing and mm-hmm. and then when he goes to see uh the Cassavetes and like he they've got one sitting there even though they haven't seen Castro Troy in years but they, yeah like here's your guns and your here's your signature stuff we love you we love you pal yeah <laughs> I was kind of waiting for Nick Cassavetes character to like turn on Castro Troy and he he doesn't and and yeah what was the through line with Gina Gershon that they were supposed to be brother and sister but clearly they weren't uh, I think they, I think they technically are brother and sister. I just think that was a weird moment where they had that kiss. I don't know. I don't. I'm not sure. That's, uh, that is not a brother and sister kiss. No, I as guess. far as I know. So yeah. But maybe, maybe, like, maybe, maybe they were half brother and sister, <laughs> or step. And, oh yeah, no step would. That's what yeah, I. Meant. Yeah. <laughs> maybe they're step yeah. brother. <laughs> half would um, still be half weird. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> It'd still be kinda, just half though. Still <laughs> gross. The but other like, half. It's the other half. The other half's cool. fine. Maybe like they were in their twenties and their parents met and then they became brother and sister, but yeah. they were already dating. And there's the, that's the whole prequel is <laughs> yeah. them in college. <laughs> that's, that's and their the parents are getting ma- getting married. Oh boy, <laughs> boy, <Yeah. bae. laughs> Um. All right, so let's uh, let's talk about in the grand scheme of things we, we, we talked about, or we, we touched on where this sort of ranks in the history of action movies. And do you think when you talk about, you know, the, those great action movies, even of just the eighties and nineties specifically, does face off rank amongst those? Does it get spoken of uh, uh, in that category anymore? No, I mean, it, it, as time goes, time marches on, this continues to fall further and further down into the dustbin. Yeah, I mean, uh, it, I, I don't think it ever was at like the same level as things like Terminator or any of, I mean, like Terminator 2, sorry, or, you know, anything to that extent. Mm-hmm. Not a n- never. Yeah, I agree. It's, it's, uh, you know, you talk about Die Hard and, and Terminator 1 and 2 and, you know, even even a, um, I mean, you could even put like Predator, Lethal Weapon in there. Uh, you know, the, it just doesn't. And then going down the road, Matrix and Mad Max Fury Road that sort of like reinvent things or find some really creative way. And not to say that they weren't trying to do creative things here. It's just um, it sort of supersedes time. Whereas a movie like this is very much stuck in that snapshot of 97 uh, or, or, you know, the mid nineties. Well, I don't think it helps that like John Woo just never really caught on here, you know, like, I mean, I think after this, he did mission impossible too. And then he just kind of, I mean, wind talkers and stuff like that, but like that was less action and Mm -hmm. like as an action director past, past mission impossible Two, like, that's kind of it, right? Like, well, I mean, and, and that movie has the same issues that this one does. Oh, hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. Then, like that was his last chance, you know? And it's right. like, again, no. it was one of those things where at the moment it was entertaining, but like, as soon as you leave the theater and like, think about it for any given amount of time or rewatch it, it's like, what the fuck am I watching? Like, no, this is no. ridiculous. I, I really, I really did not enjoy mission impossible too. 
It's the worst of all of them. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah. I mean, I think easily like the Absolutely. bottom of the bottom of the barrel. But when it came out, like I remember thinking it was a lot better than it was after rewatching it. Like I I mm. like, and again, I don't know if it was one of those things where I was caught up in the the spectacle and the hope of John Woo, like, you know, because I felt like as a person who did see his Hong Kong stuff and and like I was like hoping he was going to become a big deal because it would be like, oh, yeah, I've been watching him since way back in the day, you know, and so but it just never happened. And it's bad. Like This is this is just one of those problems of like giving a creative guy, even if it's culturally like hard for a crossover, giving him a a giant budget where the studio is going to be really involved in everything he's got to do. And it's just sort of like, I don't know, I just I think it's it's. And and Fish and Impossible 2 script isn't that good at all either. So like not that right. like I don't know. I just well, I did not enjoy that movie. And whatsoever. and you've got, you know, he's having to deal with major, major stars who have yeah, their I mean, own I was influence. gonna say like exactly like every yeah. movie he ever did in for action in the States, there was a major yeah. star who had more clout than he did yep. at yep. any time. Like yeah. you're not you're not gonna go up against Tom Cruise on Mission Impossible 2 and get your way, dude. Right. Like Tom yep. Cruise is gonna win that conversation yeah. 100% of the time. Yeah. Yeah. And and those Mission Impossible movies, I feel like they get it's like one came out and was what it was. I, I had I had problems with one. And then two was like again, I exactly what you said, Brent. Enjoyed it in the theater. And then 10 minutes after I left, it was like, hmm, wait a minute. Yeah. I don't know yeah. if I like that. And then watched it again and hated it. Uh, and then it's sort of like three is like a hard reset almost. And then, yeah, I do. Honestly, I think those movies get better and better. Like each yeah. one that comes out, I'm like, Oh, that's, that's yeah. really entertaining and yeah. fun. Yeah. JJ Abrams revitalized mission impossible. Like it was yeah. a great fun movie. And then ghost protocol, well, I think it was the next one. Right. Like, mm-hmm. uh, and that was directed by Brad bird. Like, yeah. And that's like, to me, I was like, this is the sequel to The Incredibles. Like, this is oh, yeah. <laughs> at the time. I'm like, it's got it's got enough whimsy, crazy set, yeah. set piece stuff um, and visual and actual vi- like a Van Brad Bird's like visual vocabulary as part yeah. of the movie. Like, and I was just like, oh, my God, I love I loved that. I loved that movie. Yeah. I mean, they <laughs> just, I, I, you know, like, I just think they get more and more. And they do. Fun. They do. Yeah. I made John watch the one with. Henry Cavill. Yep. I was, and it was say, good. What is that one? What I, is that? That's the latest one, right? What's the, I, don't, yeah. I forget what it's called, but that one's by far my favorite up to this awesome. point. I'm like, yeah. this is great. <laughs> yeah. What that was not the where they like crash the plane, right? You've got that like, wasn't there a big or a helicopter? Oh, like helicopter hanging, hanging, helicopter, yeah. helicopter yeah. chase. Yeah. Like, yeah. Oh my God. Well, because, well, what they became is like really like the American James Bond films. And right. that, that they're right. doing, which is what they were, sequ- they should always like, that's right. exactly what they need to be. Right. Yeah. 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 So, you know, Wu's version of it is it just doesn't work. It doesn't hold up. And like a lot of his American films and, uh, yeah. you know, eventually he went back to Hong Kong and continued doing the movies that he does. Well, it just, it just yeah. worked better for them. He got really involved with video games too. There's actually a sequel yeah. to hard boiled, that's a video game that I think stars Chow Yun Fat, and uh, I'm like, I just can you get that on PS4? Because I don't I know, but uh, yeah, it's it's uh, worth checking out. So, 
Yeah, so it's kind of I, I I feel kind of sad for John Woo that his his American film career like never really clicked, and especially now looking back on it, it doesn't age well. So he's just his reputation yeah. is sort of going to sink. Yeah, on this side of the of the world, but yeah, yeah, he'll yeah. always have the other side where it's you know it, it's still genius and works and is fantastic and watchable. Um, but uh, we'll see, you know, there, so we, we teased it earlier. There is a sequel being written uh, right now. They've signed a director. Adam Wingard is going to direct yeah. it and uh -huh. who's, you know, a hot young director right now. And it is going to continue the story of Castro Troy and Sean Archer starring right. Travolta and Cage. Don't ask me how they're going to achieve this, but I'm uh, I'm for some Deep reason fake. I am intrigued to see just Sean, how the hell they pull that off. Sean Archer goes into VR and Castro Troy is an AI yeah. who actually takes over the system and the yeah. and the and and the, the government facility because they're trying to figure out they they load all these famous psycho people into this program to they can predict future crime but Castro Troy is so smart he takes over the program this is a, a Star Trek: The Next Generation episode, I think. Yeah, that, <laughs> oh, that I'm describing <laughs> for the holodeck. But that—that's my pitch. That's what it's got to be. Castor Troy. But what about their there faces? I don't know. They're going to have to go deep into the into the into the mainframe and uh, impersonate one another. I guess somehow. Oh, that's one other thing. Before we before we circle over to the box office uh, glory here. How did anyone count how much face touching there is in this movie? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, I, I, count I actually it, lost count. It's funny. Well, you know, like Sean Archer's like thing with his family is how he touches their faces, and mm -hmm. and it's this like intimate moment of of connection. That's cute. Like, and I think the first couple of times I watched the film ever, I didn't really put it together. Like, and then I'm like, he's always touching those faces. Oh, <laughs> like yeah. I think I said it out loud. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, but there's like, also like he touches his own face. Like a oh. lot of characters in this movie are touching their faces over and over and over. I mean, clearly that was intentional, but it was also yeah ridiculous looking. Like yeah, yeah, like Every, who rubs their face that much? Uh, like I don't know. It just it jumped out. Meth, meth addicts. <laughs> Your face is your part of your identity, and you got to make sure it's still there. Anyone have a uh, Everyone's favorite? Everyone's checking to make sure their face hasn't come off. Yeah, <laughs> which it, it does for some <laughs> people. Does anyone have a favorite scene uh, of this movie? Because there's a hell of a lot to pick from. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. I'll, I'll, I'll tell you mine. Mine yeah, is the scene between Nicolas Cage and. Nick Cassavetes, where they say face off and do the face off gesture like yeah. seven times right in a row. Yeah, yeah. I'd like to take his his face off. You want to take his face? Yes. His face off. The eyes, nose, skin. It's coming off. The face. Oh. Yeah, they're face off. They're all like high. Face and... off. Face off. Face face off. off. <laughs> it's the classic, like putting the the title of the movie in the movie, yeah. <laughs> like yeah. over and over. 
<laughs> uh, I mean, like, I don't even know. I, I'm trying because I was I, I, I thought halfway through, I was like, I should have been doing a body count because there's so many people that die in the movie mm-hmm. and it just nameless people just die <laughs> uh, constantly. That's a heavy task for any John Woo movie. Ah, I see. Yeah. Yeah. But, I'll, you know, um, no, I mean, uh, I, I, I did like when I just I did like all of Travolta and um, and Joan Allen together and whatever, you know, I, I liked I liked them together, mm-hmm. whether it was Sean Archer or Caster. I thought they were because I, I think maybe just Joan Allen carries a scene. <laughs> like she's yeah, I got to yeah, give her good. some kudos here. Yeah. Um, no, they, there's so many things about this movie that i was just like wow i I can't believe this is real yeah i I forgot all about this um enjoyed that i I had a i had a fun time like you guys i probably will never need to see this again (laughs) yeah i i i laughed a lot this time i just i I knew going into it i was i like uh, i'm gonna go nuts if i if i try to do anything but that so i was just i was um I was cracking up at quite a lot of it. So great, great comedy film. Yeah. yeah. Yes. And quite I, funny. And I mean, we've, we've, con- we've said it and we don't, you know, we don't need to, to really touch more on it, but just the other women in this movie and just the way women are treated and portrayed and, and, or treated really not, not how they're portrayed. I think I just, yeah, treated just gross, just lots of gross shit that so never, that it's, it's unbelievable that, it flew like without a lot of problem, but it, it, I'm sure like, I don't know, just, just so upset that that exists and it's part of the movie and Mm -hmm. it's part of the, part of its charm of whatever, or part of the way to depict his villain. You know, he's so shitty. This is how he treats women. And, but again, it, to me, it's always this joke. It's like, there's just this hidden wink from the dudes uh, who, you know, whatever, like it's really not, it's not that bad but it's he's pretty bad yeah like i don't know just gross gross shit glad we don't see that stuff anymore um and i think part of it is like it's played for it's played for laughs in a sense because of how you know crazy caster troy is it's Mm -hmm. it's like it's kind of supposed to be just whimsical on its own and it's even though it's disgusting and and they're trying to say it's disgusting but yeah they're still just portraying it and doesn't belong and very 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 like continues to date the movie at an accelerated pace right and you've got i mean talk about creepy i mean i'm on top of all the other creepy things with Nick, nicholas cage and women you've you got danny masterson in the movie oh i like, know actively Shit. trying to like rape somebody and talk about like reality being reflected uh that was that yeah. that was hard to hard to watch on a whole different level yeah, yeah, if anyone doesn't know, Danny Masterson has been uh, accused very, very credibly for uh, assaults. So I think there's, I think I don't even know at the time. I think there's, there's still trials going on with him. There's, or? I, I, I don't know if the trials have started or they're about to start, about but to? it's, it's, yeah. it's not looking good for him, and and yeah. probably deservedly so. So yeah, so and that's the last time we talk about Danny Masterson on this sketchy. show. So. Yeah. Anyhow. All right, um, let's do a little box office glory here. Cool. 
Uh, okay, so the movie comes out June 27th, 1997. It has an $80 million budget. So that is a pretty significant, like, non uh, franchise budget, you know, outside yeah. of Star Wars and Jurassic Park and all those. Um, opening weekend, it does $23 million. Uh, it's number one at the box office. It, it was a solo release, a new release. So, did not open mm -hmm. up against any other new release that week. They everyone bowed down to the power of Travolta and Cage. Uh, so it uh, it knocked Hercules out of the number one spot. Uh, it was ahead of uh, the top five was like face off Hercules, Batman and Robin, uh, my best friend's Oof. wedding <laughs> and Con Air. So hey. still hanging around That's there. Gracious. So talk about, yeah, a lot of money for Nicolas Cage back in those days. Um, it ends up at number spent 13. It wisely. He spent it very wisely. Yeah, very wisely. It ends up at number 13 of 97. Again, right between Hercules and Batman and Robin. So they're kind of all floating at the same uh, dollar amount uh, category. And mm. I don't know, does Face Off and Batman and Robin hold the same respect level now? Probably more people still enjoy Face Off, but... <laughs> Probably. <laughs> they're both garbage. <laughs> yeah, well... Uh, it ends up with 112 million uh, domestically, which is a, a you know moderate hit, but uh, 241 million worldwide. So um, definitely a, a successful movie for sure. Yeah, yeah, interesting. Huh. Hence, huh. Mission Impossible Two for John Woo. Yeah, which is what 2000, so about three yeah. years between movies here. So yeah. So, uh, yeah, I think we've pretty much covered it that uh, not huge fans of, of the movie. Um, I don't know. I would. Uh, it's hard to recommend this in a serious way to anybody, um, even if you're I would say if you're studying 90s action movies. Yeah. Watch this one. If yeah. you're a big John Woo fan. Sure. Check it out. Same if you're a Travolta or Cage fan. But it's it's hard to uh, take the film seriously anymore. So yeah. I would say go into it with a, uh, you know, just ready to laugh and kind of poke fun at it. It's it's hard not to. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you have to. Like, yeah. yeah. There's no way you can't at this point. Yeah. When you watch it. So like, so with that, like. I was like looking at the list of all we were saying all these movies in the beginning of the show, like all these movies that came out in 97, particularly in the summer. And it's like, and there was a lot of good movies in 97, but I mean, I think there's just, there's, I, I thought it might be fun to do an episode where we just kind of go through like 1997 and just sort of what a, a strange year it is because it's, there's a lot of, a lot of big movies that you, you, might have seen or you know had huge talent and they're just a bunch of stinkers like there's just there's just like, so many of them yeah. like yeah. it's littered throughout the entire year and i thought it'd be let's fun to like like just let's just get 97 out of the way like, yeah let's <laughs> do a retrospective the summer yeah. of 97 I mean, or or the whole year the whole year like, yeah, we there we go walk through it uh, i'm down for that man uh let's let's find a time to to work it into our schedule here yeah, well, I mean, you know, it, it might we may not do it for another year, but uh, you know, just like so, and it, part of this was inspired by uh, John Kazempel, who who comes in on our Bond episode, uh, our last Bond episode, and it's on our hundredth uh, episode anniversary. Um, that he, we were kind of just talking recently about 
face off and in nineties movie ninety sevens movies, and he just starts listing a bunch of stuff, and I was like, oh my god, like this is kind of a horror show. Yeah, it's <laughs> very very I little. It. I think it's always interesting to look back at at year by year at, at the history of cinema, but yeah, ninety seven is one of those years that like very few things still work. I, I think we've covered a couple of the ones that do, even if they're not like yeah totally amazing that in a general sense they still work so um but now yeah well let's let's do it let's uh, i love it that's a great idea yeah i i I kind of credit john example for that 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 idea well maybe he'll have to yeah well i think let's bring him back yeah no i think we bring him in on this yeah absolutely let's get our let's get our people talking all right we'll start we'll start negotiations immediately immediately yes yeah uh all right that's gonna well, wrap it up on face do we, off. Do we give it the one to ten? I do. We need to. I can give I get, it a solid two point one. That's where uh, I'm going. Yeah, I guess I'm like at a four. <laughs> I'm. I yeah. I was probably leaning towards four just because I had so much fun with it. I was really laughing There's quite the, a lot, and I don't know. I bet like I would if I. I were think John if we Wu, watched be, it as a as a group. Like oh, yeah. maybe I could I could have fun with it, but like watching it by myself, like just doing it, like this is not. Yeah, yeah, it's like like this. Sucks. I can't do it. <laughs> I'm by myself. Yeah, I, mean, I have to watch it. this. Like, like oh. I watched it with my kids, and I was mostly watching their reaction to it, and and just like, oh, they're gonna love this scene. <laughs> they're gonna love this dialogue here. Like, yeah, yeah. I can't imagine the eye rolls that they had. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. Like, but for me, the 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 last, uh, as I said, it six times in this episode. The, the from the church scene on saves it saves it for me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But sure. again, the thing yeah. that's the thing I fell in love with. It was the last thing of the movie, and somehow that that crystallized my entire opinion of that film. You know, it's like yeah. no, the whole movie is not those last twenty minutes. Yeah. But it but it should be. Anyway. I'm having a hard time trying to wrap my head around what they're going to do with the sequel. Like, I, like AI, 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 AI and VR. Guarantee. Who cares? Like nobody. I know. Who gives a shit? Yeah. Nobody's. That's the thing. No one's asking for a face off. No, nobody even no. wants to see the first one again. I'm telling you. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah. Uh, well, we'll Brent's see. fired up about it. So that's that's good. Sorry. I hate being negative on movies, but this one just like, I don't know. Like. I, you, you know, know I think it's just the it's weird because, of the, you know, it's just the 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 nature of what it was versus what it is now. Mm-hmm. Like, it's so like I've never I mean, I, I don't want to say I've never, but like it's just so very polarizing, like the the difference between like how I enjoyed it when it first came out versus how I enjoyed it now. Like I'm surprised, I'm surprised is, at how big a difference it is. This is a perfect movie for this podcast in that sense, you know, like yeah. it's just like how much things can change for yeah. in a relatively short period of time. And it, you know, this is not, this is not great cinema where like a lot of the stuff where we cover like, you know, real films, you know, yeah. and, and it's a, it's an, it's interesting. Like the, most of those things hold up pretty well, you know, despite things that date it in certain ways, but sure. like this, the, like the, the nineties action blockbuster, yeah, just weird. what a bunch of like poison elements, like mm-hmm. that, yeah. that were part and parcel of it. Of it was that a confused genre. time, man. Like, yeah. <laughs> like, like people just didn't know. Yeah. And we're on the cusp of new technologies and everything to like, and that, that, you know, it just, it was just people playing 
and trying to see what works. And like, that's, you know, yeah, let's give John Woo a shitload of money and put these stars in it and and make it a big mess of a thing. (laughs) And it just, it, it, it was, it worked then in a sense, I guess, but certainly just crumbles under its own existence uh, as time marches on. So absolutely. Yeah. But you're right. This is the perfect movie for our podcast. I mean, that's what we do here is specifically we look at perfect (laughs) movies that we look at, you know, how it, how it, uh, what it was like when the movie came out and how it holds up now. And this, you know, we love on a lot of movies and uh, occasionally we find ones that just, did not age well and this this falls into that category so yeah so yeah. but with but face off face off crawled so the matrix could could fly there you go i think there you go but <laughs> uh but you know have, have, is, by the way has anybody tried to watch the matrix again recently no is all it... right good luck that's all i'm saying <laughs> it's probably it's it. probably still pretty solid i don't know i'm not gonna uh, i don't know i don't know about those sequels i'll tell you that I mean, I I want to see the fourth one. I'm like in line, and I'm a big Keanu fan. But like, I gotta tell you, I tried to rewatch it recently, and oh, tough. I don't know. You know, it's like this stylized filmmaking that is is like a cool flash in the pan at one moment. Like when you go back and watch it now. Interesting. I'm not sure it works as well. I mean, the thing that the Matrix has that saves it a little bit is that by design the filmmaking and the storytelling utilizes the idea that crazy shit can happen because it's yeah. we're living in the matrix and we can take control of whatever's happening. We can learn Kung Fu in a, an afternoon, but like still it's a little, I don't know, just, I don't know. Well, like, yeah, there's, we'll there's a, uh, on that one matrix, at another time. Yeah. There's a lot we can dive into at the matrix for sure. So yeah. I I'm, I'm wary of it myself. We'll have to take the matrix challenge. Yeah. Yeah. It's like the but, Pepsi uh, challenge. But with kung but, fu, yeah, we've got a lot more fun coming this that summer. That's pretty funny, as, by the way. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> I just should have got more laughs. I should have got something on that one. <laughs> hey, the audience is laughing. The audience loved it. <laughs> give it again. Give it one more time, David. Nah, screw you. <laughs> <laughs> we have to wrap this show up, and I know that's what you're trying to do. Yeah. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, we, we had fun. Well, I had fun at least looking at Face Off, and we're gonna I have fun. more fun. Hey, this was fun. Yeah, we're this conversation have, was great. We're going to have more fun uh, the rest of the summer. We've got a very special month of August coming. I won't I won't say what that one's about, but we got a special theme uh, coming our way and a very special day in particular coming up in August. So stay tuned for all of that. And uh, yeah, that's it. Don't forget to uh, check us out on our social media. We're Reconsummation Podcast on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. You can find our archives at www.reconsummation.com. Uh, just give us a give us a rating and a review on on Apple Podcasts and anywhere you listen to your podcasts. Uh, and special thank you to our friends EK Wimmer for the theme song and Curtis Moore for the poster. Like usual, it's this is uh, another special special poster from uh mr moore so uh, absolutely yeah but uh all right we're looking forward to uh seeing you guys on our next episode of reconsinimation take care bye now <laughs> <laughs>